episode 159, The New 52 Overview. Welcome, time travelers, to another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine. I'm Matt Anderson, and today I am going to be joined by Daniel Butcher, another one of the hosts here at the Comic Book Time Machine. But this episode is going to be from long before the Time Machine existed. Well, maybe not too long, a year or so. Uh, Back in an early episode of my other podcast, The Sci-Fi Christian, I was joined one day by Daniel Butcher and our friend Kobe Radcliffe. And we released this episode back on May 18th, 2013. It was episode 156 of the Sci-Fi Christian, uh, a show that uh, is now right around 820 episodes in. But for this episode, Daniel Butcher led us through a long conversation, two hours long, in fact, about uh, every single title in the first wave of New 52 books. So he read every first trade and gives us a quick overview of every one of the first trades from the New 52. So in case you don't know, that would be 52 different titles. However, I should actually say it's 51. We just recently had an episode featuring myself, Ben Avery, Daniel Butcher, and we talked about the one missing New 52 title that Daniel wasn't able to talk about back in 2013. That would be The Green Team. So you've heard that episode already. That was just a few episodes ago. And now here we are today for this episode to talk about everything else from the New 52. So without further ado, let's flash back to the future. I'm just going to right now insert in that uh, episode of the Sci-Fi Christian. And I think I I guess I won't come back at the end because we do an outro on that one. So here it is, the comic book time machine featuring a uh, kind of a time loop episode of the Sci-Fi Christian. Take it away. Past us. Superhero Spotlight on the new 52. the sci-fi christian bringing you theology at warp speed i'm matt anderson and i'm daniel butcher we are back wow back is right i haven't been in these studios forever daniel i've been looking forward to this episode for so long since you first brought up the idea this is going to be amazing well this is like months in in preparation too i think i began looking into this what last march last april are you serious we've never done any sorry so much show prep for one episode before i've literally read 52 books well i should say i shouldn't say we because i've done nothing almost well you've done quite a bit because we've kind of split this up so i have done none of the background work and have no like i haven't kept up with the news yeah. I, I know some of it, but not as much as you, where you have kept up on the background and the development. Yeah, so let's just tell you what we're doing. We're going to be talking about DC Comics, the new 52 universe. Uh, back in September of 2011, they launched a new universe. So all of their or all of their uh, issues went back to number ones. They um, rebooted a lot of characters. Something just kept on going, and we'll talk about that. Uh, so the story didn't change too much, but... Their idea was they wanted to have like a new jumping on point for possible new readers. So uh, they had this event that we'll talk about called Flashpoint. It was a time travel event which uh, reset the sequence of events and changed things. And so we'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, so as Daniel said, he has read 
so it's called the New Fifty Two, and so there are fifty two books that came out um, that all surround in this new universe, and he's read every single one, <laughs> every single trade from basically Wave One. Yeah. So I've read every trade that's that came out between May two thousand twelve and the end of December two thousand twelve. Nice. Yeah. And so, I, and I have some news on. Um, you know, the second, third, fourth, and even fifth wave. So like Daniel said, I haven't read all these books. I've read a few, and I'll tell you when I've read them. Maybe I think I've read three uh, of the 52. And But I know I know storyline uh, plot points. I know why they did it, and I know what happened next. So, And, and I will come out. I, I, there are certain series that I've read all the way through. So I've read the entire Aquaman, so I'm completely up to date with Aquaman. And then there's some one-offs that I've read, too, like Justice League of America, which we reviewed for an Issues of the Day with Mike and Dan. Mm, yes. So, okay. Uh, do you mind if I pick the order? Because I, ha- uh, I have them in uh, release order. Or did you have an order you want to talk about them in? Uh, go ahead. And, and so, so oh, let's, wait. wait. Let's go ahead and let's – so this is probably going to take a while. Well, yeah. This will be a longer episode. We might split it into multiple. Maybe we'll have uh, – maybe just one long one at some point kobe's gonna show up because we are the three of us going to a movie today so i don't know when he's gonna hear show up and and be able to listen in on our conversation it's, it's bonus it's bonus content when he shows up yeah because he has he he'll between the three uh yeah of the three of us he'll know probably nothing about the new 52 so i'm gonna give a lot of opinion today it'll be actually interesting to get kobe's take on like like why they like if he asks any questions so right, we'll, see. Well, well who knows a lot of opinion I promise at some point, Hank, I'm not probably going to yell, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Yeah. But there are things that I do not like and I'm not a fan of in the New 52. And I understand that there are some folks that may like some of these things, including people who write for the Sci-Fi Christian. Mm. Um, So maybe at a later date, we might figure out a way to kind of bring in uh, some perspective on those things that I don't like. So again, these are when I talk about these books, these are going to be my opinions. If you're someone who you found in the past you really kind of agree with me about movies and films and mm-hmm. books, you're probably going to agree with me about the new Fifty Two. Nice, and I should also say some of the Fifty Two we'll talk about more than others because if if you didn't like them as much, we might take a little less time on them because we have to get through Fifty Two books in this episode. Yes. Okay, so first talk about Flashpoint. So I, Flashpoint is that reset point. Um, I know we talked about it with the Aquaman universe um, where uh, you saw uh, variations of some of these classic heroes like uh, Emperor Aquaman um, and the the Princess Wonder Woman who took over the UK. Uh, basically what happens is at uh, Flashpoint, the Flash deter- figures out who killed his mother. Mm. Wait, wait, wait. So, okay. Uh, okay. You, you should stop a little bit because I don't even know about Flashpoint. Okay. Uh, so, so basically at the end of Flashpoint, the DC mainline universe, Earth-1, is reset. This is what I think happened. Flash, The Flash travels to the past. Something changes. Yes. And then he gets back to his present, but everything's different. He's, and it's all bad. And it's all bad. And he's the only one that remembers the old DC universe. Yes. Then... When he's able to correct it, he he thinks he's corrected it, but what actually happened is we get the new fifty two. Yes. So he he is now existing in this new fifty two universe, thinking that's right, but what he doesn't realize is he still caused something to go wrong. And so, in a sense, the new wow, I just realized the way that they set up the story, the new fifty two shouldn't be. In many ways, yes. But they did have that but- scene in Flashpoint where there was. Uh, a character who we do find out the name eventually, and I don't think we should reveal it quite yet, who uh, is kind of outside the universes, and she says that 
these three different universes that once were one and were separated are now coming back together. Do you know the three universes? Well, um, well and that's the thing is is maybe, and I've heard some folks postulate, maybe that we should say that old DC universe is still in existence and it still is youth, Earth One. And maybe the New 52 is just another universe within the multiverse. Well, no, the New 52 has a multiverse. In fact, well, a, it's multiverse within multiverse because, because of Earth Two. There's a, there's a, in what their second wave, they released a book called Earth Two that's about that and and grant morrison has a book coming out called multiversity yeah multi-multiversity yeah so all right so flashpoint that's a setup so now after flashpoint and maybe we'll do an episode of flashpoint after i read that someday uh we have the new 52 so i have these in release order like week by week but then in alphabetical of that okay. week Does that makes sense so the first one actually the first one we had after flashpoint five uh, the same day was also released Justice League number one. Justice League number one. So talk about. So but we're not going to just talk about the first issues. We're going to talk about the first trade. So Justice League, go. So uh, I enjoyed Justice League number one overall. I'm a big Justice League fan. I really enjoy those pieces. I I, I mentioned this with the Aquaman spotlight. I really like the fact that Aquaman steps up and basically shows, hey. Um, I am a hero. I'm a man. There's just this awesome shot where he shoots up sharks. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, everybody's looking at him and saying, hey, what's going on? What do you – you're no hero. You just talk to fish. And he's like, I don't don't talk to fish. Can you do this? And these sharks come up and just chew up some guys. Now, as I look back, because I've rated these all on Goodreads, um, I only gave this a three out of five. Ooh, interesting. And here's why I think I did. I was uh, I was frustrated with this first issue. I know that they're trying to put things together mm-hmm. and make a team, um, but well, you're saying first volume. It's the first. Well, I first volume, first issue. Yeah. It's the. I mean, it's literally origin is the name of the book. Yeah. Um, what I didn't like about it is uh, so Aquaman's treated badly by those that are quote unquote super. Well, so we talk about who's on the team. Yeah, uh, well, Superman, Wonder Woman. Um, Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman. And Batman. And Batman. And Cyborg. Yes. Okay. So the thing that frustrated me is, so Green Lantern is a jerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonder Woman is somewhat a jerk. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, the Boy Scout, Superman, is a real jerk. Yeah. I mean, he is very, very unlikable in this. He doesn't think, he does, he rushes into a confrontation at one point. Mm-hmm. Where he just kind of jumps into an unnecessary battle. Um, so, hey, by the way, there's going to be spoilers throughout this thing. Oh, yeah. We should have said that. Uh, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Okay. So so he's not the Boy Scout. He's not likable. Um, he's clearly immature. Um, and those three, those to me, the, the super-powered three that are the more traditional mm-hmm. than that, they constantly belittle Batman throughout this book. Mm-hmm. And it becomes clear as you listen, you guys just need to listen to Batman. Yeah. Um, because Batman is the only one, even though he's not the superpowered one, they're making fun of him because he doesn't have any superpowers. He's the only one who's really thinking. Okay. Hey, and so I, I like what you said about spoilers because I want to be able to talk freely about everything I know, past, present, future. And so if you're listening to this episode, hopefully you're really into comic books because we're diving pretty deep in. And secondly... You have to be totally okay with all spoilers because I want to talk about Justice League Volume 2 as well. Because so I haven't read Volume 2 yet, so don't oh. spoil me too much. Why haven't you yet? Um, because I haven't got a hold of it. They haven't put out the trade. I, I haven't got the trade yet. Ben Avery borrowed us the comics. I have read. So that's I have how, read, that's I've how read, I read part it. 
I've read part uh, of that. I've read The Throne of Atlantis. Oh, well, okay. Well, okay. Well, I was going to say something about. I think eventually, because we, as we know, so, there's some different. Well, let me say this: there's some different timelines happening in the New Fifty Two, and Justice League is one of those that takes place five years in the past. Yes, and so I think that as time goes on, they will respect Batman a little bit more. But you know, in this early story, they didn't. Well, and it's clear by the Throne of Atlantis that really the leadership debate in the Justice League is Batman versus Aquaman, which is interesting because I think a lot of people think of Superman as the leader of the Justice League. Yeah, and he's clearly not. No. Um, good. Okay. So cyborg, what do you think about him being added in instead of Martian Manhunter? Um, well, we'll probably talk some about how they use Martian Manhunter. Uh, cyborg has been in justice league stuff before. Mm -hmm. Um, but in my mind, when I look at him, I think of him as a teen Titan. Yeah. Teen Titans. So I had to reconcile it, but I didn't have to reconcile it as, as much as what's going on with, with some of those teen Titans in red hood. Oh, I mean, I'm, some of these I don't know as much about, so I'm excited to hear what you your take yeah. is on some of those. So, so I mean, he, he fit in. And, you know, I've seen Justice League movies with Cyborg in it, and, and Cyborg is a good character. He's a good addition. To be honest, uh, he adds some non-Caucasian flavor to the Justice League, which that, is desperately needed. Well, in some of the behind the scenes, they did want to add more diversity to the books. They also wanted to have. There were some complaints that they didn't have enough female leads in a lot no. of their books. Um, so, I. I'm not positive that this was flat out stated, but I thought that I had heard someplace that one of the reasons they threw Cyborg in is because, well, he, he had a pretty big role in Flashpoint, but in preparation for the mm -hmm. New 52 and, yeah, possibly for some more diversity. Yeah, and, and I think he works well there. I think he it's really a good does. idea. Uh, I mean, if anything, and we're now seeing it now, um, the Justice League needs to be expanded. Mm, yes. And, and and they are making the steps towards expanding that. I, I thought one of those ways they might expand it was through the Justice League of America, which mm -hmm. they're they're not. Um, but, I mean, they are beginning to open their doors to other heroes. So we may see more diversity. D to be honest, Justice League of America could probably use a secondary title where maybe you had the main seven in the main yeah. title and then had a second title where you had kind of the backups. Hmm. Uh, I think also continuing on with Cyborg is he's kind of the uh, – as readers, we're kind of seeing things through his eyes in the sense of it's all new to him, too. He We get his full origin story in uh, Volume 1, Origin. Uh, he's the one that becomes a hero within that story. And so, I don't know, he's sort of the heart of the team. Would you say that's true? I would agree that he's got, he's got a heart to him that others don't. I mean, let's be honest. He's the youngest one. He's the one, you know, as you, he's entering into this new world of superheroes. He's a high schooler. He's it's, he's honestly the one out of everyone that in that group we could probably relate to the most yeah. because we, most of us are either not super rich or have superpowers mm -hmm. where let's be honest with cyborg. We just needed a daddy who knows a whole bunch about science. Mm -hmm. And I mean, who doesn't have one of those? All right, let's move on. Are you good with Justice League? Justice yeah, Luke? I'm good with Justice League. Action Luke. Comics. This is <sighs> this is now in the original uh, universe. This was the longest running continuous series. It was the first one. It was a Action Comics one is where we had the first appearance of Superman in like the 30s or 40s or something. So so Action Comics one go. So I gave it a three. Um, here, here's my exact quote: um, "Not digging jerk a Superman." He is too Batman and not enough Boy Scout. Okay. I really do think that with the new 52, they're trying to give him more of an edge. And the way they're giving him an edge is making him a jerk. Uh, we talked about how Justice League took place five years in the past. Uh, Action Comics takes 
part or takes place even further in the past, but we don't know exactly how. But this is where uh, Superman first is on the scene. He doesn't have his full costume yet. He, he wears jeans. He wears jeans, and so um, I've heard a lot of people say this is one of their favorites. Do you? It's by Grant Morrison, who was doing Batman for a long time. What do you think about that? I I, I, I gave it a three, which for me. A three is is that I liked it, but I'd never read it again. Okay. Um, I, it was far from spectacular. I I only gave about four or five books within the new fifty two of five. Yeah, I'm gonna keep track. And this is this was not one of them. Okay. Uh, I'll let you. I, I I'm not sure how quickly you want to go through these. Do you want to go on to the next one? Or do you want to say anything else? Uh, with action, I don't have a whole, right. a whole lot more. To Animal say. Man. Ugh. What do you think about Animal Man? Kind of a almost a vertigo isk book kind of a horror in the horror genre of dc comics so matt how do i feel about scary things oh yeah you hit them this must have been a one for you it was a one okay so basically <laughs> what's this guy's powers i don't even know uh he's connected to the animal kingdom and so he can call on the abilities of animals hmm. i heard that the art in this was just messed up the art it, and i think that was one of the reasons why i gave it a one and again i hate scary this is yeah. very much a horror book yeah it's very much a vertigo branded mm-hmm. book um i like the fact that they're trying to link this superhero to his family and the, and there's a lot going on with his family in the book and ties to his family and, and his family's even getting called into this adventure um but it's it's a lot of red meat raw horror images that i just do not like and i know that we've got some i, I think that this is a book that uh max and uh, ben avery both like and I, it just fell so flat for me because it's just not me. It's not even, I, I would be happier with this book if it was out of DC and in Vertigo. Okay. Right. But but if it was in Vertigo, I still wouldn't read it. Okay. Let's go on. Batgirl. So a quick backstory. Barbara Gordon, uh, I knew her as Batgirl in the 1966 Batman. Uh, in comic storyline, she was shot by the joker in a storyline called the killing joke paralyzed and then became a character who was in a wheelchair named oracle, oracle. and so an interesting fact is before this batgirl this new batgirl uh storyline started she's actually been oracle longer in comics than she was ever batgirl so that so now now just to pick it up here we are in the new 52 she did have the the killing joke storyline did happen but somehow she is now recovered so she I think she spent three years in the wheelchair, and now she's healed, and she's Batgirl again. Go. Well, so the first question I have about Barbara Gordon for you, Matt, is when you think of Barbara Gordon, which uh, version of her do you think of? Do you think of Oracle, or do you think of uh, Batgirl? I I personally think of Batgirl. Who do you think of? I think I think of Batgirl, too. I mean, when we see her in – I mean, we've got one of the Bruce Timm movies playing here. Uh, when you look at things like the Justice League, Bruce Tim show, when you look at things like Young Justice, which sadly got canceled and was fantastic, um, they usually have Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. Y- you rarely see her as Oracle, uh, except in the comics. So I think for the non-comic fan that this is probably a good choice. Yeah, definitely. I also think that it's a good choice for them that they they kept her – uh, the story with Killing Joke. Killing Joke is such an iconic story mm-hmm. that you you really need to keep that. Can I can I interject here for a second? One thing that's kind of interesting is before the New Fifty Two started, DC Comics said there's a few things that we're going to keep pretty much the same. So with Superman, they totally re- redid his storyline, his origin story. But with Batman, 
They're saying that everything that happened to Batman did still happen, and everything that happened in the Green Lantern books did still happen. Um, I think uh, when we get to uh, Legion of Superheroes, a lot of those stories still happened. But so it wasn't a full on reboot. So, with like you just mentioned, Batgirl, the killing joke did happen. But now they're just tweaking it that she's healed. Okay, continue. And, and so as a as a title, I give it a four. Um, Pretty high. I, I, in many ways, this is probably one of the stronger female books. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those female. It's one of the books with a female lead where it's not just action all the time, um, but it is based on the fact that she's been in the wheelchair. Um, and that she's been living in a very protective shell as Oracle because her Oracle environment is very, very uh, structured. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of her getting out on her legs, literally. So she's moving in with a roommate <laughs> who's not part of the superhero community. Uh-huh. Um, she's having to deal with folks like Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne basically asking if she's ready mm-hmm. to put on the cowl again. Um, so it's it's got action in it, but it's more than more than just action. There's a lot of soul searching going on. What do you think about uh, the mirror guy? What's his name? Uh, the bad guy, mirror or something? The dark mirror? Uh, no. I think Are you it, talking like, mirror about mirror man? You remember this? Uh, no. I don't remember. Don't remember. All right, let's move either. on uh, to Batwing. Now, this is a quick background. There was a storyline in the old universe about or called Batman Incorporated, where Batman was training up all these people around the world to be Batman from their country, and so one of them was Batwing. He's from Africa. Take it away. So this is a book that I made the mistake of letting my daughter read. Oh, no. Um, so when I well, how, started wait, how, this. How did she like Batgirl? Was that? She never. We never got to Batgirl. Okay. So Batwing. Uh, I think she I think she read part of Justice League and she read Batwing and she put Batwing down halfway through. Just too scary? Uh, it's not scary. It's, it is very, very brutal. It is set in Africa. Mm-hmm. It has got a lot of – when we think of things like the Invisible Soldiers and – and, you know, uh, political unrest in Africa, you get these themes in Batwing, too. Um, the Batwing character is a man who at one time was basically kidnapped and made to be a child soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see some very brutal battle scenes and, um, and murder scenes, mm-hmm. a lot of blood. Um, and for her, it was way, way, way too much gore. Oh. Um, I would I, I gave it a three. Um, it was very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when I read Justice League International Volume 2, which is part of, after what we're talking about today, yeah. um, I actually liked him in Justice League International a little bit better because he had other heroes to play off of. Um, and I thought he was a real nice addition to that team. Mm-hmm. And sadly, even in that volume, he never stayed on the team. He was he was kind of flown in for, for oh. an arc and not kept there. Um, I think there's some potential there, uh, potential with this volume, um, and with the storyline. Again, it's another one of these volumes where we're seeing some diversity, mm-hmm. which is clearly needed. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. And uh, this is one we're going to talk about uh, as we go through these books. I'll let you know after we give a description if it was canceled already or not. This is one that I thought would get canceled, but it's still going strong. Yeah, it, it's going strong. And again, when some of these uh, some of these books that were clearly for diversity have been canceled. Well, no, I didn't think it was going to be canceled because of the, the diversity. I just thought I heard about the story. I heard about uh, its brutality, uh, and uh, it it didn't. I didn't feel like it was resonating with a lot of people. Um, so, but it's still going. I was going to ask you. Oh, well, and by the way, when I say canceled, 
and diversity linked together. What I'm trying to say is I feel like some of these books, some of these titles that were put into the 52 in order to yeah. put diversity into the 52 yeah. weren't given the proper story treatment behind okay. them. So, I mean, I think Batwing, for example, is probably one of those that has got a good start. It's building yeah. on pre-52 events with Batman International. Um, no, incorporated. Incorporated. Um, but it is, it you know... It's going to take a little time for it to catch on, and it's probably the best one, best chance of catching on. Um, what? It, so there's a group of superheroes, kind of like the Justice League, but in Africa called the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- did that have some potential, or was that kind of a lame storyline? Well, I, the Kingdom. I believe what happens in Batwing is that the Lost Kingdom, basically, the Kingdom is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you actually see, I think there's an Asian superhero group at one point, too. I kind of remember in the back of my mm-hmm. head in, in New 52 that also gets destroyed at a certain point. Um, it had some potential as a grouping. I, I just don't think they'd do anything with it because they've pretty much killed off the entire team. Okay. Uh, let's go on to Detective Comics, another Batman book. So, um, I, you know, we didn't talk about this, and maybe we can talk about it later after we're done reading through. But these books are all kind of separated out by... Like, they've put all of these books under some umbrella, uh, and there are a ton of Batman books. So, Detective Comics, go. So, it's Detective Comics. Comics. It's Batman. Um, so, he gets a big pass. So, I give it a 4.5. Okay. Um, I overall enjoyed it. This is the book that's introducing Joker to New 52, which will have a, a, a key with the death of the family. Um, it was a key villain. Um this is probably the scariest of the Batman books. I heard what happens at the end of issue one, and it's messed up. Uh, and and the thing is, is part of the storyline is, is you know, Joker's dead, but is he dead because there's there's somebody who's out cutting off faces? Well, yeah, oh, that's it's messed up. Yeah, so why is I mean, Joker dead? Well, they think he's dead, but he's yeah, the, obviously he's not dead because, because at the end of issue one, doesn't he cut off his own face? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's not so messed up. Yeah, but he's Joker and he's crazy. But but it's the darkest, it's the scariest, it's the most edgy of the Batman books. Why did you give it a four? Uh, probably because it was probably too edgy for me. No, too, too no, dark. no. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's too edgy, why not a three or what? Two? Well, I, I, it's, a, Batman? it's Batman. Okay. So I'm going to start with a baseline of five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and work your way down. And work my way down. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go on then to Green Arrow. Ugh. Yeah. Horrible. Ugh. So I have read I've read volume one and volume two of Green Arrow. Okay. Um so volume one. Uh, so I'll probably talk about volume two also. Okay, what's volume one? What's your ranking? Volume one my, oh, volume one I gave it a three. A three? A wow. Three out of five. Okay, let me before you go on, I just want to say I've heard that this is one of the worst of the new fifty two. Well, and I think it got worse. Okay, talk about volume one and two as a whole. Uh, let me see what I gave volume two real quick. This is going to – volume two is the one I read most recently. Sorry, folks. This is entertaining. No, totally fine. I'm surprised this didn't get canceled. Everybody I hear says bad things about it. I think it didn't get canceled because it's Green Arrow. And I love Green Arrow, though, as a hero. Oh, here we go. I found it. One. You did give up a, a, a I one. I gave volume two. One okay. star. So talk about both of them together. What, so, what happens here? So reboot here. We have Oliver Queen without the goatee, without the without the mustache. So is this set in the past also? 
Uh, I can't tell for sure. See, this is the part of the problem with the new 52. If I was to assess it, sometimes you just can't tell what part of the timeline, what part of the timeline is. Okay. And there's at least one book. I can't tell a hundred percent what earth it's on. Really? What book is it? Well, actually there's a few. I can't tell with Mr. Terrific. Okay. Because, because Power Girls and Mr. Terrific, you can't tell. I know the answer to that question. Is it one or two? It's earth one. It's earth one. Earth one is the main universe. Earth two is the... Uh, a different universe. So, and then the other one that's difficult to tell at times is Superboy, which also with Teen Titans. That's Earth One. Um, but again, you got some Earth Two kind of feels to mm-hmm. them. So, well, I think it, Mr. Terrific makes sense because he's an, originally an Earth Two character. Uh, but we'll talk more about yeah, that later. It gets messy sometimes, and that's one of the reasons I'm really excited about Earth Two. Is because Have you read I, that? I haven't read it. I've got it requested, oh, but the reason I'm that. excited about Earth 2 is because I think it'll make it more clear, mm-hmm. and it'll also give us, hopefully, different versions of people like Batman. Okay. Did I mention I like Batman? Nice. Uh, so uh, Oliver Queen, he's the head of Queen Industries. He's specifically the creative and business head of, of like Q-Tech, which in many ways is, is – and Matt's looking it up now. But basically, he is the equivalent of – the Bruce Steve Wayne. Jobs. No, no he's Bruce Steve, Wayne. He's Steve Jobs because he's not – he's rich like Bruce Wayne, but he is on the leading edge of technology. So basically um, you don't have iPods. You have Q-Pods. Queen Industries. But but he's a, a subset. Q-Core. Q-Core. So Q-Core is basically like the cutting edge tech firm. Um, he leads the Batman double life where during the day he's a horrible CEO and executive <laughs> – um, that all of his employees hate and want to uh, to stage a coup against and get rid of. And then at night, he likes to go shoot shoot a bow and arrow. Have you been watching Arrow, the TV show? No, I haven't. I really like it. It's not the greatest show, but I, I really enjoy it. See, and there's parts of me that wonder. I know that they've got an Arrow book out there that's not part of the New 52. Oh, I didn't know that. Because um, I've seen ads for it. Um, okay. But I've wondered at times how much Arrow is influencing uh, – Green Green Arrow because of the fact that again no mustache no beard yeah um it's a very very different stylized look um but I, but so when you say horrible um so Green Arrow two cover volume two uh, triple threat cover cover the ears of the children cover cover the ears of the children okay. yes uh Oliver Queen is not a good person why um he really doesn't care for anyone but himself. Mm-hmm. He's very, very self-centered, even though he's quote unquote a hero. Mm-hmm. Um he literally has sex with triplets in in this book, Triple Threat. It's very, very sexualized. Wow. Oh, and when I say triplets, I mean they're like basically a collective. Okay. So he doesn't have he doesn't have sex with them at the well, same I, time, but it oh. but, but it's it's very, very interchangeable. He doesn't really care about his relationship with them. He's he's using them for sex in the same way they're also using him for something else. Um one of the great things about the history of Green Arrow has been the social conscious. Um, so when you look back at some mm. of like the Green Arrow and Green Lantern stories where you talk about the environment and social issues and civil rights, that's all been thrown out. And there's a group uh, – and I can't remember their names. Let me pull it up real quick. Uh, there is a group that attacks Dark Arrow. Uh, Dark Arrow is a, a team of two that shows up in one of the issues of of Green Arrow Volume Two, and he um, Dark Arrow has got 
the male lead of Dark Arrow has got the beard and goatee. Okay. He's got the mustache. He's got a hood over it. You're like, that yeah. is Green Arrow. Okay. You're not Green Arrow. <laughs> that guy right there that you just painted as a villain is Green Arrow. Really? And the great thing about that. And he's in volume one or two. He's in volume two. Okay. The great thing about that is he's part of the Occupy movement. So uh, even if you don't agree with the Occupy movement, the thing that I like about it is they're they're saying, well, we understand we have this history of social consciousness. So we're maybe we're opening a door to bring some of that in. But oh. in many ways, I would like to see Oliver Queen get hit by a car and oh. then Dark Arrow become become Oliver Queen. Or if he just grow out the beard and the goatee and then maybe get a heart. I would like this storyline. So I'll talk about this in a little bit, but there are some politically charged books that they have that have to do with the Occupy movement that are coming out in the fifth wave that haven't come out yet. So see, and I don't I feel that that's short sighted because um, I work in downtown Minneapolis. The Occupy movement was outside my door every day for like four four or five months. Um, And that's been years now. Yeah. Um, and I, so I feel like they're kind of following a momentum that's not there. I know mm-hmm. the Occupy movement is still active yeah. because we'll see things about foreclosures, but it's not like they're in that public eye like they would have been probably when this issue originally came out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, true. Um, so I think that's a little short-sighted. I would like to see that social consciousness back, come back here. I'd like to see – I get – I think of uh, Green Arrow and Oliver Queen as – uh, the guy at just in Justice League Unlimited in the first uh, episodes yeah. of that show, who is too socially conscious to even consider being a member of the Justice League mm-hmm. because they're going to interfere with his his agenda. Yeah. Where this Oliver Queen wouldn't be accepted by the Justice League because he's a jerk. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go on to the next book, Hawk and Dove. Well, uh, so I will say this. One of the first things that I thought of when I read Hawk and Dove, and I have read some Hawk and Dove back when I was a kid, which was the different version. It was the Don and Hank version of Hawk and Dove. Okay. Uh, one of the first things I thought is this is definitely a candidate for cancellation. Okay. And? It's been canceled. It was canceled. It was one of the very first books to get canceled. Uh, so one cool thing that DC was doing is they stayed – true to the idea that there should be 52 books out at a time in their main universe of course they have some mini series and spinoffs here and there but uh 52 books so every time they cancel one they have to replace it with something else and so this was canceled right away in the first well we call it the second wave because that's when the second wave of books came out so it was replaced in the second wave yeah and it it, it, it just did not have a strong enough it wasn't what as was bad as rank? i expected i gave it three okay uh, and it was an unexpected three okay. because by the end of it, I was like, you know what? I'm really OK with this. Um, this version follows Hank Hall, which is the original uh, Hawk um, and Don Granger, which is the newer Dove. So are they like kind of peace and war? Is that the idea? It has the, that's the idea, though, in this volume, in the, and maybe one of the reasons they gave it the three is they basically established that there's these other kind of avatars also out there. Oh, that's weird. Uh, and that are also in pairs, including evil ones. That's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, exactly. It was the sort of thing is like, you know, you could really sort of build on this. Um, but there's other things in here that just kind of fall flat. Um, you feel like they definitely want to build some sort of sexual romantic tension between Hank and Dawn. Oh, wait, okay. Can I stop for a quick, quick question? I heard that this book had a lot of overlap with the old DC Universe. In fact, specifically the storyline that happened in I know you read Brightest Day. Mm. Yes. And so Dead Man seems... 
he appears in Hawk and Dove, which <laughs> should not make any sense in the new 52, but and because of Brightest Day, he had a connection with Dove. Go. Yeah. Well, so well, they're trying to build on this tension. I think they're trying to build a romantic tension between Hank and Don, who do not like each other because they're very opposed personalities. Ooh, love triangle. Uh, and then you've got Dead Man in there. Um, so Dead Man, I think, is in three different books as a character. Um, Boston Brand. Um, this is a a book where Dead Man falls flat and feels unnecessary to me. Mm-hmm. I I'm trying to remember. This might be in one of the books he's in. Dead Man at one point um inhabits a body and attempts to have sexual relations with Don. And Don's oh. like, you know, that's really kind of creepy. You just got into a guy's body and picked me up in it. And he's like, hey, he's not going to miss it. Let's take it for a spin. And oh, like, my gosh. You are such a creep. That's messed up. Why is Dead Man popular? I, I, is he popular? He must be. He's is he in- popular or is he getting forced on us? Maybe he's getting forced Because on when you say, is he popular, Batman shows up in this volume. Is Hawk and Dove? He shows up in Hawk and Dove. Okay. And, and I'll probably talk about it more at the end, but that is a reoccurring theme in Wave 1, is that if you've got a book that seems to be struggling a little bit and maybe not, might need a little bo- mm-hmm. bit of a boost, you just open up the Bruce Wayne box and you insert Batman. Well, that's a great segue into the next book, Justice League International, which is a team of C-list characters and Batman. Don't you say C-list! <laughs> C-list characters no! and Batman. Ugh. Led by the great Booster Gold. Booster Gold is is a dynamic, exciting character. He is he is brilliant. He's from the future. He's from the future. Uh he has been he has he has been mistreated throughout his history in the DC universe. Why do you like Booster, Booster Gold? Booster Gold needs his own he needs his own book in the new fifty two. Which hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, we need Booster Gold movies in production. Wait, why do you like Booster Gold for real? What's your history with him? You know, the thing about Booster Gold, okay, so uh, there's going to be a lot of spoilers in here. Yeah, that's what we said. I think maybe uh, with Booster well, Gold. After we're done here, let's record uh, like a real spoiler alert and then we'll put it at the beginning. Okay. Uh, Booster Gold, uh, the storyline in general for Booster Gold, hey, who knows, maybe a future super superhero spotlight just on Booster. No. Booster's from the future. We're not going to do one. Uh, I don't even like you anymore. <laughs> What'd you give Come on, Ben Avery. You and me, we're going to record a Booster Gold Superhero Spotlight of the Week, and we'll make him release it. Um, So Booster Gold comes from the future. Um, Basically, he was a star football player, and because of some stuff that his dad did, he bet on games that he was playing in Mm -hmm. and was throwing them. So this is uncovered, and basically he was going to be the hot you know, pro athlete uh, in the future, and he basically becomes a security guard at a museum. And it's a museum that's got all this superhero stuff, including like Legionnaire Flight. Oh, nice. Um, So he comes to our time and basically when he comes to our time, he's a real jerk about it. Yeah. Um, because he's all about it. He's got Skeets who can help him. A robot who knows everything that's ever happened. So Skeets helps him be at, at places at certain times. He's got a suit that's got superpowers and force fields, and he's got all this stuff from so the future. So he makes himself a superhero using future tech. Yeah, using future tech. And he's all about endorsements and me, 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 and getting money. But as the Booster Gold character evolves, what you find is that Booster Gold becomes a true hero, mm-hmm. uh, even to the point that Batman has true respect for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so Batman, for example, actually recruits Booster as the as the head of Justice League International. Okay. Um, Booster also uh, 
Uh, oh no! He becomes basically the keeper of time. He becomes he becomes the guy who makes sure that the timeline works. Hey, wait, hold on, everybody! Breaking news: Kobe Radcliffe has arrived. One second, and we're back with Kobe. Kobe, welcome to the show. I've been on here for a while. You've just been gone doing your laundry. I know, but everything that oh. just happened was not on the show. When you do, a, so what? if you go to the bathroom during the show, that's a Kobe. But if you go into your laundry during the show, is that a Matt? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I gotta have clean clothes. I'm I'm engaged now. <laughs> your okay. hygiene has improved. And just because you tuck your Back to the Future shirt in to your I, jeans, yes, I had a shirt on over it earlier, problem. and it was getting hot, so I took it off. And yes, my shirt's tucked in. Thanks, Kobe. When we saw the abs, I don't approve. Ooh, I may have sinned. All right, Booster Gold. <laughs> so <laughs> Booster Gold. Uh, he basically, you find out um, after the fifty-two event where they, he has well, 52, not, not the new fifty-two, not the new fifty-two, but the fifty-two event. Well, basically, do you, do you ba- know what that is? Yes, Kobe. Every week in one calendar year, yeah, they're gonna release nope, this. Already no. happened. DC Comics released one episode or one comic from a different m- part of the multiverse. So they yes. they made up that there were fifty-two different universes. And, okay, so now Booster Gold was a pretty big deal there. Huh? Yes, and and the thing post he basically saves the multiverse at the end of fifty-two um, using his time traveling abilities mm-hmm. and. After that, in Booster Gold 52 pickup, you find out that Booster Gold becomes more reformed. He he basically becomes an undercover greatest superhero ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he still puts out the image that he is, in fact, a horrible person. Okay. Mm, that's good. But he is secretly behind the scenes with uh, the Time Master Rip Hunter, um, making sure that there are no variances in the time stream. Oh. Interesting. That is a kind of a cool storyline. And well, and it's it's really awesome that he learns that he can't. There's certain things he can't change, which you will actually wind up seeing in Justice League International Two, I believe, mm-hmm. where uh, one of the things he tried to change is he was a friend of Barbara Gordon, so he attempted to keep the Joker from killing Barbara uh, from shooting Barbara Gordon and paralyzing mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Um, and what you found out in that series pre New Fifty Two is that he couldn't do it. That every time he tried to save Barbara from getting shot, uh, something bad would happen. Oh, and, and he just couldn't. That was an event that was fixed in time that he couldn't stop from happening. Wow! And Justice League. So when you get so- to Justice League International and you find out uh, Batman has got a, a lot of trust yeah. in Booster Gold. And Batman, but has which got was the, established in the old universe. Yes, so again, it was established in the old universe. The new Fifty Two is sort of failing at being a brand re- new. Yeah, yeah it feels not original. But one of the things Batman has is he has pictures of Booster Gold mm-hmm. attempting to stop Barbara from getting shot. How does he have those? Uh, he had, he's Batman. He's got stuff everywhere. So did you give a oh, ranking yeah. for Justice League International? I did, and, and so I've read Justice League International one and two, okay. both trade volumes, uh-huh. and that's the end of Justice League International. Canceled, it, canceled in the third wave. Really? Uh, That's unfortunate. And I, well, and I think it's for me. I was probably somebody who was excited about Justice League International because I can remember reading the old Justice League International Volume One, Issue One. I don't know who else is in it besides Booster Gold and Batman. Uh, Booster Gold, Batman, Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, who of course is bringing plenty of attitude. <laughs> uh, the two girls that are always around. Uh, Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice. Uh, is it Vixen? Mallow. Uh, there is a handful of Mal- you know. There's a handful of characters. C-less characters. I mean, to be honest, uh, I think one of them is Godiva. 
who's definitely oh, C-list. Yeah. Um, the power of hair. That hair she can movie. manipulate her hair. Yeah, she can manipulate her hair. And we've got the Chinese superhero August General. I don't know who that is. Um, I yeah, he's got a really really long so wait, name. What's I the can... ranking on Justice League? Okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Because <laughs> I just realized we're an hour in. Wait, what and we've only ranking out of one out of ten, one or? out of five, one one out of five. and we've only done ten of the fifty-two books. I think we have to go faster because we're leaving for a movie in one hour, Kobe. Oh my god, one hour. Um, so for vo- I gave both volumes. I gave both oh. volumes a three. Nice. All right. So, uh, how big of a role did Batman play in this? He plays a really big role. It's really a Batman book. God, that's weird. Dang. It's weird. Booster and Batman. Yeah, those are the key players. All right. This- Why doesn't Booster have his own book? That's a great question. Maybe now that Justice League International has been canceled, maybe they'll give him a book. But I think they replaced it with something else. Like just was Justice League of America the can the replacement for Justice League International? No. Um, let me see here. Justice League or Justice League of America didn't come out until the fourth wave, and Justice League International was replaced in the third wave. So we'll talk about those. So no, yeah. it wasn't okay. Yeah, okay. He, Booster needs a uh, with Justice League International gone. Booster needs a role within the new Fifty Two. So best way is just give him his own. I don't think this next one will take us too long. Men of War. It's a uh, war, a I, war book. I like Men of War. Sergeant Rock. Uh, I like war books. Uh, canceled. Canceled. Canceled in the second wave. Uh, I gave it a three. Now here's what I really really liked about it. It was a nice update of Sarge, of Sergeant Rock. Well, I think it's his grandkid, right? Yeah, it's his grandson. But instead of trying to be trying to explain why has Sergeant Rock still been in the military mm-hmm. since World War II, they just say, <laughs> "Hey, here's his grandson. His last name is also Rock. He's yeah, part of yeah. a proud military tradition, and he is non-powered. He is a he's a soldier." But it takes place in the superhero universe. It takes a, superheroes kind of fly by every now and yep. then. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and, and my biggest sort of problem with this book was at one point he is at a foreign land, I believe, in the Middle East, and mm-hmm. there is a superhero. Bad superhero there. Yeah, and they don't really explain who it is. Okay, um, I was really sad to see that this book get canceled because it was very, very different from everything else. Mm-hmm. It was probably out of all of the new Fifty Two books, the one that was doing the best at being in our, having a foot in our world. Oh, interesting. I have a question. In the issues, they had the main Sergeant Rock story and then a backup. Yes. How did it, how did that work out in the trades? Um, in the trades, they gave the main story and then the backups were all. All in a row. All in a row in the back. So you had, you know, a Frankenstein story. You had robot GI story. Okay. And, and that, to be honest, was probably the point where you got away from our world because as we, you see Frankenstein, you're like, oh, okay, so we're not really in our world. A lot of people were saying if it would have just been a Sergeant Rock book, it would have been better. If they would have got rid of the backups, it might have been a stronger book as a whole. I would agree. Those those backups were real sci-fi fantasy bent. All right. So. Next book, OMAC. Oh. What does it stand for? Do you remember? Is so, it- so OMAC. O-M-A-C. Old school, what OMAC stood for was One Man Army Corps. Oh my gosh, I almost guessed that. Really? You said that. that that's what it used to be. I knew it was now, one man something. I'm trying. Uh, and they, they're saying here that it is One Machine Army Corps, which I don't believe that's what it is anymore. Uh, no, I'll find Oh, here you go. One Machine Attack Construct. That sounds lamer. Um, yes, oh, that is a word. Yeah, I. And would you like to guess what I gave this out of five? One. one. Yeah, I gave no, it a point one. three. This is one of the books that when I read it, I said this has to be canceled. What? Uh, <laughs> well, it was canceled. It was canceled uh, in the second wave. So this is one of the first books that I, I have no idea how it made it. I, it well, this it was, book is again. It's one of those. It's one of those books that's trying to give diversity because okay. the main the main character uh, Kevin is Asian. Okay. Um, but they don't ever really. They they kind of set him up as a Hulk, 
Okay. Um, in the sense of he can't really control. I don't know. Let's start over because I have no idea what Omac is. How? What's his power? Um, he's super strong. So Omac is Kevin. Um, and I, Kevin Chow is a a regular guy who has been basically upgraded by Brother Eye, which is a satellite that was created by Batman. Who's kind of become sent in on a satellite that Batman created. Yeah, so it's a computer, it's satellite that goes around the Earth, and so he's controlled by Brother Eye. And what Brother Eye can do is he he basically can make Omac activate, and when he activates, he becomes this huge, super strong, filled with energy mohawk looking crazy superhero. But but he's really not a superhero because he is a tool of Brother Eye, who's somewhat evil. Um, what? That's bad. In, in many ways, he really is the Hulk of the new 52. Interesting. As, as the closest compare. Now, where it gets confusing for me is Omac shows up in Justice League International Volume 2, and Kevin seems to have some ability to control it in, in, in Justice League International. And I never saw the link of how Kevin finally was able to kind of break if he was even able to break the brother eye control. I heard that it was sort of a, a comedy book and also It was fun it was a comedy book? Yeah, not, it was meant to be a little bit. It was really? funny. Okay. Well, okay, here's another thing. It was funny ha ha or funny I'm gonna make you <laughs> I think it's hilarious that I made you read this. It was written by uh Dan DeDio, who I think is like the the main guy at DC Comics, and the art was by Keith Giffen, who uh, I guess that what he was trying to do was ape uh Jack Kirby's work. Did you get a Jack Kirby feel from this artwork? I got a why am I reading this other than to record a podcast feel. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Static Shock. Um, static Shock. Um, see, this is one of these things where this is really not a reboot because with Static Shock, it is clear that for Virgil Hawkins, there's a lot of pre-issue one material. Mm-hmm. that. So, so for me, when I hear reboot, I think to myself, okay, this is a place where I can now enter this comic book. Mm-hmm. And I think that that if they were going to do a true reboot, that's the way it should have been for all of them. So I think that Kobe and I, who have never read Static Shock, Mm -hmm. should have been able to pick up Static Shock number one in the New 52 and be on a basis where we could actually understand what was going on. Instead, we get a lot of information about what happened when he lived in Dakota City, which is not even in the book. Yeah. Um. So it becomes very, very confusing and frustrating for you as a reader who's never read any Static Shock before because my only influence was – my only uh, past experience with Static Shock has been cartoons. And so I was very, very lost throughout this book. Um, so Static was originally – so this is interesting. The title is Static Shock, but the character's name is Static. Yep. I think it's probably called Static Shock because of the cartoon you alluded to uh, just to kind of continue with that. And that, that cartoon was way – I mean – I think that's way from the mid '90s. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, it's so it, Static wasn't originally in the DC universe. He was in the Milestone universe, which was uh, I don't know if it was an imprint of DC or I, I believe it was comics that were published by DC, but outside of that universe. And now they've brought that into the new Fifty Two. <sighs> See, so and so, where my best compare is is so Young Justice. They bring Virgil Hawkins into Young Justice, but when they bring him in, they bring him from scratch because they understand folks don't probably have experience with Virgil. Mm-hmm. And the way they handled him in Young Justice was very well done and very nice, and really added to that story. Where this, it's just 
I mean, he's I, got sisters, and like one of them's a clone of the other, <laughs> and they don't know which one the original is, and does it even matter which one the original is? And yeah. it's all very confusing because we don't have any of this backstory if you just picked it up. I think that Milestone Media actually is separate from DC, but they just published under DC. I, I don't really get the whole thing. But you had mentioned Dakota City. I heard some people say that it would have been better if Static would have stayed in Dakota City instead of moving to, is it New York? or where Yeah, is it? yeah he's Be- in New York. Because... Dakota City had a bunch of heroes of its own, and now it was a thing that kind of set him apart, and now he's just brought himself into what everybody else is doing. Yeah, and, and yeah, it just it falls flat. Did you feel like it was Spider-Man-like? I could see them trying to rip off Spider-Man, yes. Uh, give me a rating. Two. Do you know that he had a video game? Probably him. Uh, he was very was, popular. But it got canceled before it even came out. I would say that the static cartoon weird. was very, very popular. All right. Are you familiar with Wildstorm comics? Wildstorm. A little bit. Uh, some, some of the, uh, art, I think it was art, artist and creator owned type uh, characters. DC eventually bought Wildstorm comics, but there were some different uh, heroes and characters and titles that came over now into the new 52. Stormwatch is one of those. Stormwatch is from Wildstorm. Uh, so tell me, what do you think about Stormwatch? Oh, Stormwatch. Um, so I was kind of really kind of confused about Stormwatch. Oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. Sorry. Back up. Static Shock canceled. During the second wave. So, so far, uh, of the last five books we talked about, they've all been canceled. So, okay, Stormwatch, not canceled. Go ahead. Uh, so, Stormwatch, I gave it a two. Um, it was okay. I liked the concept of basically this kind of unseen, unknown superhero force that's there to keep away aliens mm-hmm. from the Earth. Um, and that this group has got a mixture of alien technology and magic. Because mm-hmm. I believe it, uh, one of them is Merlin. I don't know, but Martian Manhunter, what about him? But so, so Mary, this is where I have a lot of confusion. So Martian Manhunter is a member of this group. Yeah. He's not a member of the Justice no. League. Um, and basically the way that it's set up is Martian Manhunter's backstory with everyone doesn't exist. Um, no one knows about the existence of Martian Manhunter except for Stormwatch. Okay. Um, so if you see him interact with a comic book character that you would expect him to know from yeah. Justice League, they have no idea who he is. They have no – and he's never met them. And if he – as we see in one case, he literally wipes the fact that they even had an interaction from their mind. Oh, really? Um, because he – in the continuity though, he does mention he used to be a member of the Justice League. Well, and it's, it gets all very confusing. Because he says, when I have to be a hero, I can be a hero. But when I need to be a warrior, that's what I do at Stormwatch. Well, and see, and so what gets really, really, so basically in this first wave, when these first issues came out, he was unknown. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, jumping forward to more recently, a few months ago with Justice League America number one, which I read on my, uh, as a standalone, yeah. he's a member of Justice League America number one. Oh, I didn't know that. And Steve Trevor knows who he is, and Amanda Waller knows who he is, yeah. and. And everybody seems to understand, well, this is Martian Manhunter, and he's not hidden from him anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand the evolution of nobody knows who Martian Manhunter is to the U.S. government knows who he is and putting him on a team. I think originally Stormwatch was supposed to be kind of one of the centerpiece titles to explain what's going on in the new 52. But since then, I think it's lost some of its traction. So I don't think we need to talk too much more about it unless you have more to say. Um, there's a superhero in this book that literally talks to cities. <laughs> Okay. That's his power is he he will talk to a city. The city's not feeling well. Oh my goodness, this isn't this. That's it's stupid. actually a city. That's stupid. Yeah. Swamp Which thing. one is that one? I can't even remember his name. Let's do Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. Uh so Swamp Thing and Animal Man, you can lump them together. Ones, um, both ones. 
Uh, I'm trying to uh, no. They are, I gave Swamp Thing a three. They are kind of similar because they've got the, no. They are literally lumped together. They are part of the, a part of a shared storyline yeah. of the red and the green powers, right? For, uh, yes, and they're and I they're heading to this point where they're fighting against the rot. Yeah, the and, rot. That's the that's the newest storyline they've been crossing. And, over. and the rot is really really evident here. Is it cool? Swamp what Thing. is the rot? Uh, the rot is basically decay. It's the force of uh, I'm going to eat you, so uh, destroy is you. Green, the power of plants, and red, red is the, the power, power of animals. Yes, oh, that kind of makes sense. Uh, they have a movie called Swamp Thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, green. It's kind of interesting because there's a Green Lantern and a Red Lanterns, and then there's the Swamp Thing and Animal Man, Red versus Green. Well, and the thing is, is so in a lot of what I feel about Animal Man, I feel about Swamp Thing. I would much rather see it as a Vertigo title, mm-hmm. and it, and it, even as a Vertigo title, I probably wouldn't read it. Okay, horror again is that pretty? Yeah, because the rot is pretty gruesome. It's pretty okay. bloody. It's not. It's not my thing. I don't think I'd be into it either. All right, let's move on. Batman and Robin, the father and son, finally together for the first time. Okay. Oh, so major spoilers coming up. Yeah. So I did let my daughter wa- read this one. Um, her comment was, "Is Damian Wayne is kind of messed up? Yeah, it's kind of mean." Um, but the nice thing about this volume is, is it continues on from the stories pre fifty New Fifty Two, yeah. where you have Damian Wayne as Robin. And this is really a story where Damian Wayne finally shows his loyalty and allegiance to his father. Oh, good. Um, so did he, you see this arc going where he's this very, very misbehaving young boy. Uh, I believe at one point he actually kills somebody. Um, wow. To the point where um, he is showing that he is loyal to his father and willing to con- carry on the Batman and Robin tradition. Oh, that's nice. So what would you give it? For- I gave it a four. All right. I would be interested in reading it because I typically like father-son storylines. I- so going on that with father-son storyline, an, an issue that we're not going to talk about that is tied to this is Batman Incorporated. Let's spoil all the way through. So Batman Incorporated, number 18, you've already reported. Yeah. Uh, Rob, Damian Wayne dies. Bruce Wayne's son is killed by it's who? A, um, By a member of the League of Shadows is the oh, best way I can what? describe it. His yeah. grandfather's team? Yes, and Talia is basically kind of pulling the strings. And at <gasps> one point, Talia gets her own son killed and on at purpose? At one point, she's ba- he's basically begging, you know, mother, make this stop <gasps> sort of thing. And she's not really responsive. No. I don't even think she understands that Damien's being killed. Um, she lets her son get but killed? But the issue is, the issue is absolutely brutal and uh, brutal in the sense of it's just not interesting. I bought the issue. I've got it at home in my short box. I'm going to keep it because now I've got issues where two Robins die. Um, oh, you have the original? I have I have the Jason Todd da- death, oh, too. Cool. Um, I think a lot of people, when they heard about the Damian Wayne death, they basically said, well, uh, Grandpa's got resurrection pits, uh, Lazarus pits. Uh, he's going to come back. It's obvious. I don't know if he is going to come back. I've heard an interview with Grant Morrison, and I really think that Grant Morrison's whole intent for Damian Wayne was to eventually him. have him killed that, off. That's a, I think you're right because, I mean, they can bring people back in comics. They will eventually bring him back, eventually. But if you just look at Grant Morrison's story, he from the start, he said, this is the culmination of what I've been working for, working towards for years. So If somebody brings him back, it's not going to be Grant Morrison. No, no, no. It's This was part of his overall plan. And, so. and at the moment, I, I think that him and Jeff Johns are friendly enough that I don't see Jeff Johns authorizing the return of Damien. No, I mean, Jason Todd was dead for years. So I think yeah. I think we're five 
more or more years away from seeing the return of Damian Wayne, which is but, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But but to be honest, the issue to me was somewhat boring, except for this moment where Dick Grayson and Damian are basically like leaning back in the midst of the battle, kind of taking a breather as this fight is going on around them. And basically, Damian Wayne says, uh, "If I was to summarize it, those years where you and me were partners were some of the yeah. best year was the best year ever." Damien says that to yeah. Dick? Yeah, that he makes it – because for a lot of the new 52 history, a lot of Damien's time as Robin wasn't with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. A lot of Damien's time, what theoretically in the new 52 was with Dick Grayson. Well, that happened – that was in the pre-new 52. Yes. Because remember Bruce Wayne was and, dead. And they've said that that's part of the, that yeah. timeline. So if you were going to say that now all of the Batman universe from Dick Grayson to – to Damian Wayne is five years. That's what they're claiming. That's exactly yeah, what they're claiming. I, it's, and we'll get to that too. That in five years he's had four Robins. So, so that basically <laughs> means that if Damian Wayne was Robin for a year and Dick Grayson was Robin for a year, most of the time that Damian Wayne was Robin, it was to Dick Grayson. That's yeah, that's probably true. All right, let's move on. I am interested of the ones we've talked about so far that I haven't read. I think I could see myself reading Batman and Robin eventually. I, I gave it a four. Uh, Batwoman. Batwoman. Ugh. That just sounds bad. Let me let me say this. This story that came out in the New 52 was originally solicited pre the New 52, but they were having trouble with, I don't know if getting the art ready or the story ready. So this story was basically just shoehorned into the New 52 universe. <sighs> so is it obvious? No. There's, there's, there is continuity, it, it, though, it, from it, the past. It doesn't have oh, – so where a lot of the continuity is, and this is me totally going geek out, and, and Kobe's never heard of this superhero, is the female version of Manhunter. I don't even know who that is. So Manhunter yeah, is a no. superhero that I love the Mark Shaw version of. But they did a version a few years ago that was a female uh, DA from Los Angeles. And there was characters in that uh, that title like uh, Bones, um, which was basically the skeleton guy. And then he had some agents <laughs> that worked for him. And it basically he ran almost like a cheap version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. And – he throughout this story is uh attempting to recruit Batwoman. Um so Batwoman's kind of being chased um in the sense of uh, she's being pursued because he's trying to recruit her and his motives are not always the most clear. So in a lot of ways because of those characters that carried over it felt like a continuation of the Manhunter female version, Kate Sp- uh, Kate Spencer. It felt like a continuation of the Kate Spencer stories. Mm, I, I don't think I ever want to read this. I read volume one of Batwoman um, from the old universe. I did not like it. What do you give it a rating? I gave it a two. Yeah. I think now, this right. is another diversity title yeah. because she is of an alternative sexual persuasion. Oh, yeah. She's a lesbian, Kobe. She is a lesbian. Um, well, but here's the problem. I don't necessarily have a problem with that in the sense of – uh, you know, there are many folks that are of that persuasion and, and, you know, there are many lesbians and, and I can understand having a diverse universe, but the problem is, is it almost feels like they're taking it and shoving it down your throat in the same way that they wouldn't necessarily make it clear that Batman's a heterosexual. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> um, I feel like we can have a Batman ver- volume and story where we don't have to discuss the sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they felt like they had to continue to. Back oh. to that sexual orientation. That's an interesting time. point. Deathstroke is next. Is Deathstroke just a lame Deadpool? <laughs> so my daughter and I have been playing a lot of uh, Who Wins, where we throw out a DC character and a Marvel character, 
And Marvel we, wins all the time, by the way. Well, and so the one that we did yesterday in the car was Wilson versus Wilson. Wilson Slade versus Wade Wilson. No, Slade. Uh, Slade Wilson versus Wade Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Slade Wilson versus Wade Wilson. Uh, and Deadpool won. Uh, yes. The reason Deadpool won in the car yesterday, and you may disagree, is the fact that he is completely unpredictable since he's crazy. Um, and the healing factor, of course. Okay, here's what I want to know. Deathstroke was canceled during the fifth wave. What did you give it as a rating? I don't think we should talk about it. It's just a lame mercenary story. Uh, I love Deathstroke. Why can't we talk Are about it? Are you serious? I gave it a five. No. I No, I gave it a four. I gave it a four. I really enjoyed Deathstroke. I've heard some things about it. It just sounds stupid. He, he's an anti-hero. Um, in this issue, Legacy, he's really, really concerned with his legacy um, and being able to establish that he is the world's greatest mercenary. Um, he's ruthless. Um, though at the same time, I, a close associate gets killed and it becomes clear that he also has a heart. He, he's a real anti-hero. And it's written by Kyle Higgins. And Kyle Higgins in the New 52 has got some really good stuff. What else does he write? Uh, Nightwing. Hmm, okay. And the Nightwing take is very, very interesting. All right. So I am not attracted to Deadpool or Deathstroke. So maybe that's really? why. Yeah. Not at all. No, Deadpool's just... awesome. Uh, I don't know. Um, okay. Well, I'll trust you on this one. So Deathstroke, good one. Let's move on to Demon Knights. Uh, this is the greatest, the best surprise. And we've talked about this. This was my best surprise. So yeah, dun- it's kind of a Dungeons and Dragons uh, set in the, an old medieval DC universe. I heard that Stormwatch and Demon Knights has a loose connection. Is that true? I think it, I think uh, there Merlin might be in both. Okay, so uh, and the concept is is with Merlin is that he ages backwards, kind of like a Benjamin Button sort of scenario. Interesting. <laughs> But over a longer period of time, I could be getting that wrong, but I think I've I've got that correct. Uh, I was expecting to hate Demon Knights. Yeah. I, I thought it would be horrible. It, it, a Dungeons and Dragons thing is just not my deal. Um, What'd you get? And characters that I didn't know a whole lot about. Uh, four out of five. Four. Uh, best character in this book, in my opinion, a best surprise was uh, Vandal Savage. Oh, because he's a good guy in this one, right? He well, he's not a good guy. He's very, very true to Vandal Savage, but but I think this is a, he. He says, "I'm not a man with morals, but I like to be around them." Okay. Um, <laughs> so the cool thing about Vandal Savage, Kobe, Kobe, in case you don't know this, uh, he is immortal, and okay. so he through different time periods, he kind of just decides sometimes I'll be good and sometimes I'll be bad. So on these stories that take place in the past, you could have him on the good guy team, but then still have him as a supervillain. Hmm. during our present time because and, and and he's very very gray in this story um he's very clear that he vandal savage is out for vandal savage but he's still hanging out with the good guys for a good portion of so it. i guess the question would be if you're immortal does mortal does moral matter morality matter mm-hmm. to immortals mm-hmm. and i would say for him good, no. good christian question kobe yeah. i like it um do you want to say anything else about Demon Knights? Or? No, I get, very, very surprising. I liked it a lot. I think I'll check this one out. Hey, it would be one of the ones that I would say, hey, if you haven't looked into it, you should look into Demon Knights. Where Where will the story go? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean. Oh, like what's the main thrust of the story right now? Um, the one that I saw was, you know, they were protecting a village from being attacked by an evil horde. Yeah, evil hordes are the worst. And they were trying <laughs> to get a message out to an enlightened city to so that they could get their troops there to protect them from this evil horde. 
All right, we're about to talk about only the 19th book <laughs> that we've done so far, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. Um, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, you know, overall, I kind of like it. I like the idea that you've got a classic movie monster in Frankenstein being brought into the future. I like the fact that he's got a complicated backstory with um, the Bride of Frankenstein. I like him as a secret agent. You see Ray, Ray Palmer. As a member of Shane, you see the Adam. Okay. He doesn't add him out in this in this volume, yeah. but I mean, it's good to see Ray Palmer's existing. Uh, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, was canceled during the fourth wave, and subsequently, Frankenstein joined the team Justice League Dark. Oh my gosh! Well, and yeah, and I can see that the, the can again. It's a little out there. It's a little strange, you know. Frankenstein is a super agent, sla- James Bond sort of figure. So I can see <laughs> seriously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he goes to other worlds, but you know what? There's part of it. It's it's one of those things that it's just quirky enough that it works. What'd you give it? I gave it a three. All right, uh, Green Lantern. Just a straight out Green because there's a lot of Green Lantern t- titles, but here's the straight Green Lantern. What did you Finally. give it? So this is the Green Lantern title that focuses on Hal Jordan, <laughs> sort of. Um. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's, it's the Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan one. isn't Green Lantern, though, in it. He's not Green Lantern, but he is given some Green Lantern powers. What? Well, Sinestro's got some got some pull. Okay, Sinestro, who is the super villain of the Green Lantern universe, becomes a Green Lantern in the storyline. And he, to, he gives Hal Jordan Green Lantern-like powers. Wow. He gives him a fake ring. So is Sinestro good now? I would say he's not. He's really not. Does he, by the end of this volume, does he stop being a Green Lantern? Uh, I think he's still a Green Lantern at the end of this volume. I mean, part of it is is he, I, if I remember this story right, a lot of this is him dealing with his old, with the Yellow Core. Yeah. Yeah, because it's Green Lantern versus Yellow Lantern Yeah, I, and the Yellow Lantern Core is definitely feeling uh, le- like betrayed by Sinestro mm-hmm. by going back to the Green Lantern. Why did Sinestro go back to Green Lantern? You know, I don't know. I get the sense that, that was one of those things yeah, pre carried, 52. It carried over. A uh, new 52. Dang, I, I, too much of the non reboot. Uh, how brave would it be if they totally started over? And that's really what they needed to do and they didn't do because these titles, you there are some of them that you literally can pick up the volume mm-hmm. and you could be like, yes, I'm getting this from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And then there's ones, there, there's a title coming back. We'll talk about here in the future, and it'll be really, really quick because all I'll say is I have no idea what's going on. Okay. What would you give Green Lantern? I give it a four, and I don't remember why. This is one of the first ones that I read. I want to ask you one quick question. Did Hal Jordan become a Green Lantern again by the end I of the first volume? I don't believe that he has his own ring okay. by the end of it. Grifter. Grifter. Um, Grifter is kind of one of those C-level characters. Well, he's from the Wildstorm comics he's again. From the Wildstorm he was comics. on the team called Wildcats. He's kind of a, a lame con man. Um, if you like con men, you might think of him sort of as a Sawyer character from Lost. Yeah, yeah very much so, a Sawyer <laughs> character. Um, in this in this story, he's dealing with basically aliens who are taking over human bodies. They're they're making it look like he committed a murder that he didn't do. He's uh, a former highly trained special forces soldier. At one point, he has a confrontation with his brother. Um, who's sent to track him down, and then an alien takes over his brother's body, and he's got the tension of can he save him or not save him. Um, I give it a four. Um, it was canceled. I can see why it was canceled. Canceled during the fourth wave. I can see why it was canceled. Okay, next up, Legion Lost. Um, so Legion Lost. Um, this is part of the Legion of Superheroes. These guys are not lost in space as the past Legion Lost, but lost in time. They come to the present. Mm. Yeah. Because did you know where the Legion of Superheroes is from the distant, distant future? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I didn't know that. Daniel, actually. take it away. Um, so here's my review on Goodreads. 
better than the other Legion book, but still part of the non-reboot reboot. No time has taken to introduce me to this team of Legion members I really don't know, and a problem that started pre-reboot. Yes, this is one book that they flat out said, this is straight old universe that they're not even good they didn't even try to like make it a little bit um new and i believe correct me if i'm wrong they because they're time travelers recognize what they call the flashpoint event yes and they mentioned flashpoint event Hmm. um there's even a batman joke showing this reboot is all about the caped one minnesota gets some love that's my review nice all right uh what'd you give it we give it to two. Two. I think that's a fair rating. Canceled during the fourth wave. Thank heavens. Uh, Mr. Terrific. Uh, Mr. Terrific. The third smartest man in the world. <laughs> and he lets you know that he's the third smartest man in the world. Do they ever establish who the first and the second is? I don't think so. Um, so Mr. Terrific is a Bruce Wayne-like figure, but he's African-American. Um, he has the T power. He's all about technology. I think he can – Well, what I, I, his power is not really clear to me. But is it that he's invisible to technology? I don't know. I don't know what his power is. I just know he's super smart. He's super smart. He goes into other dimensions. Uh, Power Girl's running around. Wait, no, no, no. She's not Power Girl in this story. It's Power Girl, but but it's not Power Girl. No, but she never called herself Power Girl, and that's important because Power Girl is going to be appearing in a future release from DC. But it's Power Girl. But I think in this, isn't she just called Karen Star? Yeah, I think we could just sum this up with my rating, which was a two, and the this needed to be canceled. It was canceled during the second wave. It was one of the first books to be canceled. Next up, The Red Lanterns. So Red Lanterns is kind of an interesting sort of book because it is a take on the Green Lanterns, but it's being coming from a different direction. Yeah, because they're mad. Uh, they're mad. Because <laughs> their power, whereas Green Lanterns, their power is based on will. Uh, and courage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Lanterns, theirs is all based on rage. They're basically rage worshippers. So this is interesting because they spend a lot of time talking about the infrastructure of the Red Lanterns and atrocious and uh, atrocitous and whether or not uh, members of the Corps can have uh, minds of their own or will of their own. He attempts to help one Lantern kind of get her own – uh, personality and her own ability to make decision making. I think probably one of the things that I found most interesting because we think of these these Red Lanterns as being pure evil, mm-hmm. but at the same time, some of the members of the Red Lanterns, the reason they have rage is because of honestly righteous anger, which I think is it makes them more of a gray uh, villain. So they're a little bit good now. There, there's some. I mean, they there are things that they do that are literally having righteous revenge on on folks who have committed atrocities. Hmm. Interesting. So what would you give it? I give it a three. All right. Let's move on to Resurrection Man. Somebody that the Christians would think are, are uh, is kind of an interesting character, and it is Jesus. Is that correct? No, it is not Jesus. It is a oh. scientist, sense, a military then? scientist who, and it's not fully explained, was enhanced. And basically what happens is he dies, and every time he dies, he resurrects. And I believe every time he comes back, he has a different superpower. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, kind of like Dial H? Kind of like Dial H. Um, he also is pulled uh, – he, he's kind of led around. Um, he's kind of led around and, and fills missions almost in the sense of uh, a kind of a quantum leap sort of feel. Oh, I love quantum leap. And So uh, is this an awesome book? Well, so so here's my review. Uh, I have no idea what, how this book gets canceled, but Animal Man finds an audience. 
Yeah, because this one got uh, canceled. Perhaps I would even perhaps it would have done better as a Vertigo imprint. This got canceled during the third wave, and I thought it was really really good. What'd you give it? I give it a four. Nice. I didn't expect to give it a four. Uh, it's character. It's a story that you were able to start from the beginning and the non reboot reboot. Yeah. Um, you were able to just kind of launch into it. It, it. I thought it was really. You even see where he goes when he's dead. Um, really? Where does he go? He, he kind of goes to this neither realm, and 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 one of the things that's going on is, hey, is the cool. forces of good and evil are trying to basically claim his soul because he should be dead. Yeah. And the fact that he's not dead is upsetting both upstairs and downstairs. <sighs> that's pretty interesting. So they're both got agents out to get him because he should not be alive. Ah, I wish this hand got canceled. Shoot. All right, let's go on to Suicide Squad, Black so, Ops team run by Amanda Waller. And Black uh, by hmm. the new skinny Amanda Waller. Um, which I'm not really a big fan of because really they have made all of these people, all of the DC characters are more prettified now. What does that mean? Oh, pretty. Uh, Yeah. I mean, is that a word prettified? I made it up. It's not. Well, I mean, speaking of that, uh, if you look at the cover of issue one, Harley Quinn does not look the same. Harley Quinn. She's so hot in this. (laughs) (laughs) Are you being serious? You know, but that's the uh, thing. That's uh, that was kind of, that got really that's, weird. That's one. That's one. That's one of the criticisms that you're going to hear about the new Fifty Two is that the women are too sexy. Yeah, and they, really, they have made Harley over sexified or uh, make up whatever word you want to about sexy ladies. Kobe, go ahead. And make no. Up. That's not. Let's nope. move on. Awkward. Uh, I really, I really like Suicide, Suicide Squad. I like the old version of Suicide Squad. Is the idea that. It's all bad guys, so sort of like the Thunderbolts in Marvel Universe. They, uh, it's all supervillains that are recruited by the government to go on missions where they're probably going to die. Yes, and they do die. Yeah, there are members of the team that do die. Uh, it's pretty gruesome. There's a point in which they have a mission in which, in effect, they have to kill a, an entire new. What's the where do the New Orleans Saints play? Uh, uh the Superdome? Silverdome. Silverdome. Well, they basically oh, is that Detroit? Detroit? It's not the Silverdome. Is it Superdome? I don't know. <laughs> they, they have to kill basically. We're talking about conquest. You think every, I know anything everybody, about football? Everybody oh inside, God. everybody inside this <laughs> this football stadium have, have effectively become zombies, except for one person. And they basically the Suicide Squad kills them all. It's the Superdome. Yes. So I, they're it's pretty brutal. No one listens. I really to me. like Batman villain Deadshot as uh, kind of the leader of this team. I thought Deadshot was a Green Arrow uh, villain. No, I always think of him as Batman. He could be Green Arrow because of the shooting, but most of the times that I've read him, it's been as a Batman. So Um, so any other interesting team uh, mates that we might recognize? Well, and this story really is Deadshot and Harley Quinn. That's really who it focuses on. on. And in the end of this, you basically have Harley uh, going AWOL because she's heard that Joker's dead. What do you give it? I give it a four. All right. We'll give you a chance to breathe there. Uh, Kobe, what did you think of Superboy? Yeah, I didn't read it. <laughs> okay, Daniel. Th- Superboy. This is a, a totally different Superboy. Totally in fact, super- when we get to Teen Titans, we know that uh, Superboy is actually the villain in the Teen Titans story. Isn't that correct? He is for briefly. Okay. That's weird. So uh, is this Superboy – is there any uh, – uh, draw over that's not a right phrase but is, does it come from the new or from the flashpoint universe because superboy and flashpoint was kind of messed up right or superman did you read flashpoint there was kind of a I weird did, superman did, thing there was a weird superman thing i don't really get the sense of superboy superman is he a clone is, is superboy it's a clone it's really kind of for those of you who have watched young justice it's going to be a familiar story it's a clone of superboy and i'm assuming i have superman and lex luther dna put together no that's well, what I'm this assu- superboy is i'm too? assuming it's lex hmm. luther dna 
Um, because this Kryptonian human DNA and Young Justice, they use the 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 Superman and Lex Luthor DNA. Oh my gosh. which was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So you don't know yet, but you think that this Superboy is I, also they, Superman it, it and been, Lex. I may be making it up and may, may re- misremembering, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to be Lex Luthor's DNA. Wow! So is Superboy an awesome title? Uh, I give it a four out of five. I was I was shocked and surprised, as almost as shocked and surprised as you and your microphone. I, I that was um, an accident. <laughs> He's been grown. He's very gray. There's times he's doing bad things because he's being sent off as an agent of a bad team. And it's kind of hard to tell who's good and who's bad in this issue. And it does end with him having a confrontation with the Teen Titans. That's the end of the volume one? I believe so. Okay. so And then I think it's continued on the confrontation in Teen Titans, which is brutal because he's beating the heck out of him. Yeah, I heard. I mean, I think that he's going to eventually join the Teen Titans, but um, I'm guessing. But it's kind of funny that he's a villain. Uh, this one sounds interesting. I like clones. Uh, I like the idea of there being kind of a bad clone of Superman. I'd like it better if Superboy was a villain. I know he's not going to be, but that'd be good. Uh, how about Birds of Prey? Nope, sorry. Batman. This not, Scott Snyder. I'm just going to say I've read this one. This was amazing. This is the best book in the New 52. Yes, the best book of the New 52. Five. Scott Snyder is brilliant. Yeah. I am now trying to read everything I can. It was not Scott Snyder's yes. name. So uh, Court of Owls, this new villain society that's been existing in Gotham all along. Um, it's a great storyline. It's I, home run. I, I don't usually pick the up. Talon the, is a fantastic villain. Yeah. I cannot wait to get the Court of Owls, the Knight of Owls uh, trade because I'm not following Batman Monthly because there's just too much Batman to follow. Oh, yeah. And and I'm so excited. So about Kessner, what's Snyder. happening here is so Batman. This one was called the Court of Owls, and then there was a there's going to be a trade that Daniel just mentioned called Night of Owls, where all of the Batman titles cross over. And there's one night where all these Talon assassins they're called Talon, um, they're, which are basically and remember that because we'll mention Talons again. Yeah, they're like resurrected. This is spoilers, of course, yeah. but resurrected uh, bad guys. I don't know. They are assassins now. Run and they're they're owned. Their souls are owned basically by this Court of Owls, which is a secret society that runs Gotham. Yeah, and so. Which Batman, when he was young, because he thought his parents might have been killed by the Court of Owls, tried to investigate and uncover them, and he never found evidence that they even existed. I know, man. Volume 1 was great. I'm excited to read Volume 2. And I don't usually buy trades to own for myself, but I might buy this one. Wow. Five. If you can only read one New 52, read Batman by Scott Snyder. I don't want to say that because of another one, but yeah, you should. Birds of Prey. Uh, Birds of Prey tie into the Batman universe. Who are the members? Because Oracle's obviously not there. We've got well, Black Canary. you got Black Canary. You've got a new member who's a friend of Black Canary who, uh, whose name I can't remember at right, the moment, else? but she's really kind of a gunslinger. Is Katana? Katana, uh, Poison Ivy, and I want to say there's – and Batgirl. Why Poison Ivy? Uh, to put a little gray in Poison there. Ivy's awesome. She's a bad guy. In, in many ways, so? as a Christian, we should be excited about this because in many ways she's trying to redeem herself. <laughs> nice. Um, Good segue. But Batgirl um, has some issues because obviously she's got a history with Poison Ivy. Um, what kind of history? I don't you know, know this. Poison Ivy's bad and a Batman villain. Oh, okay. And she's part of the ba- Batgirl's part of the Batman family. Um, and if you watch the Batman and Robin with George Clooney, it, oh yeah, they face off oh, in that one. Good point. I give it a four. It's probably the best of the female-led superheroes. All right, and now we've just made it to our thirtieth comic. Only of, twenty-two to go. <laughs> twenty-two to go with twenty minutes remaining. 
Blue Beetle. Start lumping. Another diverse character. Uh, this is, uh, I forgot his name, but I, I know him from Brave and the Bold, Batman Brave and the Bold. He, he's also in Young Justice, a huge part of Young Justice. What's his name? Season two. Uh, Jaime. Yes, and Reyes. I Reyes, yes. Yep, and so he gets <laughs> this, uh, uh, like, it's like an armor almost that is alien in origin, and it gives him powers. So it's not the original Ted Kord Blue Beetle, who was pretty cool. And so, so this, so this right here. Um, is a good version of a reboot because they redo the. They obviously have already done the Reyes uh, origin story. This volume redoes the Reyes origin story. And for those of us who like watching Justice, we have references to the Reach in here. Um, this is a real reboot. It's a, a real solid beginning to a story. I only gave it a three out of five because I'm not a huge Blue Beetle guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but who's the Reach? The Reach is the group, the alien group that made the Beetle. Because mm. you'll find out uh, the Beetle is basically a tool that the Reach uses to invade and overtake other oh, worlds. Oh, that happens. That's in start- Young Justice. And in Batman Brave and the Bold. Yep. Have you seen that episode? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, let's, well, I, you know, one last thing about Blue Beetle. A lot of people agree with you that they couldn't jump on with it. It got canceled during the fourth wave. So, sorry, Blue Beetle fans. Let's move on to Captain Adam. Ugh. So, not the Adam. Like A-T-O-M? Cat, yeah. A-T-O-M. So, I was a big, big, big fan of the old Captain Adam. I actually named a dog Adam at one time after Captain <laughs> wow. Adam when I was a kid. That's pretty dedicated. Um, and that Captain Adam, you know, he was able to go in and out of his Captain Adam state. Um, he was a military man who was very, very conservative and strict at times. Um, here's what I wrote. It's dull and very, and very thinky in nature. Um, I like the old gruff soldier instead. Yeah. This one got canceled during the third wave. I heard right from the start, it was kind of boring and there's a lot of crossover with the character, Mr. Manhattan. Is that his name? Yeah. Mr. yeah it's From a, he, Watchmen. A, yeah. He's a very Mr. Manhattan. And character. so, um, it got canceled at almost the same time that the before Watchmen spinoff happened. So yeah, let's not talk about it's this too one. Thinky. Too thinky. What'd you give it? Uh, th- uh, two. Two. Okay. Next, uh, Catwoman. Uh, so Catwoman, uh, obviously we're tied into the Batman universe again. Um, in the, the first issue, the, the controversy of Catwoman's uh, first issue in the New 52 was, uh, again, uh, watch the children around you right now. Uh, she had relations with Batman in the first issue. I wondered if the suit may have had some sort of contraceptive device in it. I hope so. Um, because, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, otherwise Batman's going to have another kid running around. It is a very sex-filled book. Well, just the first one. Um, is it all? Very, there's a lot of tension. I heard that it gets better. I heard the first issue was like shocking, but then the next issues of the volume are less. So it's not kid friendly. See, the thing is, is I like establishing. I like out of all the potential Bruce Wayne relation, female relationships. I like the Selena Kyle relationship. Oh, me too. Best. Totally. Uh, and that's the one I want to win. So I like seeing them very, very close together and tight. Um, but I did find it very out of nature that Batman was having relations on top of a building with a caped villain. <laughs> and uh, in this new 52 universe, as opposed to the old universe, Catwoman doesn't know his identity. They made that clear because uh, due to the Hush storyline, which was so good. Did you ever read Hush? Mm-hmm. I read Hush. Oh, that was so good. Uh, uh, that's when he revealed who he was to her. Um, now, again, he, she doesn't know. Which again, you know, What'd is you this it? a reboot or not a reboot? I give it a four out of five. Uh, okay. Interesting title. Up but, next. but I will say this. I'm still kind of confused by the fact that apparently Catwoman on Justice League America is the counter to Batman. 
Because really, in Justice League America, what they do is they set up a team that's a counter to every member of the Justice League. And when you look at the map of who counters who, they recruit Catwoman because she's the only one who can take down Batman. (laughs) That's probably not true. Uh, I didn't know that that was what Justice... Let's talk about that when we get to the next waves. Um, DC Universe presents an interesting title, kind of an anthology. I think this had so much potential and they failed miserably. So there's two things in there's two things in here. What? Um, there's a, a dead man story and there is a challengers of the unknown. Story. Back up, right? Okay, this is what I think. Let me say this real quick. You mentioned dead man. The first four issues I think of DC Universe presents are all dead man. And and I don't like dead man in these other books. I really like Dead Man in this book. It's a story of uh, – it's a very spiritual story, a story of trying to find self, try to find purpose, um, a story of redemption mm-hmm. because basically he's told that as a, uh, when you were alive, you were a horrible person and now you're getting a chance <laughs> to make something of yourself. Um, it's very, very deeply spiritual, not necessarily a Christian spiritual story. Um, I, I, this is the one place I like Dead Man. Uh, This is what I was going to say. If it's an anthology, they should have every issue be about a different character, not have an ongoing storyline where you you have to have basically a dead man title for four four months. I think this was a chance to really showcase a lot of different characters, and they messed it up. And and it shows that because it ends up getting canceled during the fifth wave. Well, and see, and I don't know what they did story-wise beyond this. Um, the Challengers story was not really as good. I understand that the Challengers are a classic. The Challengers of the Unknown are a, a classic, um, a classic group. You know, they're old school and all, but basically falling around a the idea is a, a reality TV show where there's also these tie-ins and there's a lot of death on the team and it it just doesn't. It doesn't work for me. If Challengers of the Unknown had not been in here, I would have given this volume a five. Well, it gets better because issues one – I made a mistake here. Issues one through five covered Dead Man. Issues six through eight were the Challengers of the Unknown. Issues nine through 11 were Vandal Savage. See, issue, I would like to see that. Story. Issue 12 covered Kid Flash. I would like then to see that. Then they had issue zero. As you know, listeners, New 52, once they got done with their first 12 issues, they did <coughs> – uh, issue zero. So it wasn't number 13. They took a month break and, and did a little bit of backstory to all of the titles. And so here's where they had a chance for all the titles that were canceled. They were able to uh, let them be in issue zero of um, uh, DC Universe Presents. So OMAC, Mr. Terrific, Hawk and Dove, spoiler alert, Blackhawks, <laughs> and also Dead Man get an issue zero. Then issues 13 through 16 covered Black Lightning and Blue Devil. Issue 17 covered Arsenal. Issue 18 covered Starfire. And issue 19, which hasn't uh, come out yet, we don't know who that's going to be, but it's been canceled, so I don't think it really matters. Uh, let's move on. What would you give DC Universe? I gave it a three. I would have given it a four without the Challenger story. All right. Green Lantern Core. Um, so this is really the Guy Gardner and John Stewart Green Lantern book. Um, very. It, so w- when I read this, I got a very uh, Court of Owls sort of feeling. Um, because you basically find out that there is um, this hidden group that the Guardians have not told the Green Lanterns about. Uh, and this group has been taking care of the uh, Lanterns. So basically the question is, is what happens uh, What happens when your Lantern isn't with you? When you put it in this little dimension, where does your Lantern go? And it goes to this one planet where it's ke- taken care of by the Keepers. Um, it's looked after. Uh, and guarded by them, and then for some reason the guardians take away the lanterns. Um, 
and it's ruining weird. the world. Okay. So the keepers yeah. are going out and and they're they're killing Green Lanterns, taking the rings, and they're trying to resurrect their world. Do you like this? You know, so I literally just changed my rating on this as we were sitting here. I gave it a three originally. I actually think it's a four. Wow. It's much better than the Hal Jordan Sinestro book. Kobe, who is your favorite Green Lantern? Hal Jordan. Okay. Um, I'm going to say... No question. Shoot. Uh, I'm between Jon Stewart and Hal Jordan. Definitely not Kyle Rayner. No. Definitely not Guy Gardner. I hate Dude, Guy, Guy Gardner, he br- he wears it all right there on his sleeves, buddy. I feel like you like Booster. You like Guy... You really like those Justice League International guys. I really... Is that, are, what? I really... But I read Justice League International Volume 1 as a kid. I really enjoyed Justice League International. It was quirky. It was fun. Um... I, I can remember just – I think there's a epi- uh, story arc where it ends with the Joker in a tank and it's just hilarious. There, those are all Silver Age characters that you're talking about, right? I believe so. Okay. Uh, next book I think is the most confusing of all of the New 52 Legion of Superheroes. Oh. Oh. So dense. So dense. So I have no idea what's going on. They're talking about Legionnaires that have just died. They're talking about Legionnaires that are just hurt. Uh, again, this is supposed to be my entry-level book to the to this. This is supposed to be the place where I get introduced to the Legion in their new continuity, and I have no idea what's going on. I don't think they have a new continuity. It continues well, on. And that's this the is thing. untouched. It's, it's untouched. Um Oh, it's just it's so difficult and there's so many legionnaires they'll you know they'll put out a name and basically the name could be flat story arc boy or <laughs> uh, it's so so, so bad it's so so is bad. A it is a one uh this should have been canceled but it hasn't been canceled i well, but the legion's classic i mean that's the thing is it's got a following i i think dc would have a hard time not having a legion book <sighs> okay let's go to one that you do like nightwing how do you know I like that? Because you've been talking about it already. Oh, Nightwing is brilliant. Written by Kyle Higgins. In um, this version of a Nightwing, um, the adult Dick Grayson um, is, inherits the Haley Circus. Okay. Where his parents died. Where his parents mm-hmm. died. Uh, when he inherits the circus, he follows the circus around. And part of what he's trying – he's trying to figure out a mystery – about somebody's trying to kill him and keeps talking about it doesn't not trying to kill Nightwing they're calling trying to kill Dick Grayson okay uh, and talking about how Dick Grayson is the most fearsome and horrible killer that there is and he's like what I don't know what's going on yeah um, and this guy's chasing him around he's trying to figure out this mystery of why this guy is trying to pursue him um, trying to figure out why he's got the circus. Um, so spoilers. Yeah, spoil me. Is it a uh, basically what you're led up to, and, and they begin to do the reveal. The reveal is they show a book, um, and it's got names in it, and mm-hmm. the names are talons. Uh huh. And what you find out is that the Haley Circus is the breeding ground for the talons. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So, so they build the talons. They it, it comes from within them. They train them. Are his parents talons? No, Dick is a talon. He's he was Dick dead. Grayson was meant to be a talon, but but they have to kill him first. Well, but he again, they never had the chance to finish it. But he was being groomed to be the next talon for the Court of Owls, and the talon that has his own spinoff book, yeah, um, from Court of Owls is Dick Grayson's grandfather. Yeah, I knew about that. So so basically, Dick was to be a talon, and I think I find it awesome. Because it makes you feel better about the fact that a young boy was running around with Batman. Yeah. Because <laughs> it could have been least, worse. Yeah, it could have been worse. At least this one was, tr- you know, How manipulated. Did they make, so if they, they train people to be talons by 
training them when they're alive, and then when they die, they raise them back to life? Well, and see, I think maybe they kill them. I don't know if they kill them. I, I know that the Talons themselves have got some sort of thing in them that mm-hmm. keeps them from dying, so yeah. I don't know if that kills them. Reanimates them? You know, like a vampire or, you Zombie. know. Uh, you must give this a five. I gave it a five. It's a, it's a brilliant take on Nightwing. All right, let's continue on with the Batman books. Uh, probably not a five. Red Hood and the Outlaws? Um. So Red Hood and the Outlaws, I did give it a four. Okay, so we've got Jason Todd, the Red Hood. We've got Starfire from Teen Titans, but a very different Starfire. And we've got uh, Roy Harper, who what, – what's his name? It's not Speedy, is it? It's not, I, they just call him Roy a few times. But he, he used to be Speedy? He's, he used to be Speedy. And so this is this it's is kind of like Red Arrow. So basically. this so this is kind of an interesting book because Jason Todd has got the back history with Bruce Wayne, and has spent up until this book trying to seek revenge on Bruce Wayne, and he makes it clear I'm I was out to get Bruce Wayne, um, but here he's kind of given up on that, and you find out that after Jason uh, came back from the Lazarus Pit, he was trained to basically be kind of this uh, almost ninja like assassin. Um, he's super trained, uh, and he basically gets kind of shipwrecked on this island, marooned on this island where, ironically enough, Starfire is there mm-hmm. walking around wearing nothing. Okay. Um, and, uh, basically they kind of meet up and they're begin. He, Dick finds out that there is this, the group that trained him has been attacked and there's this whole setup where, who who did this? Who tried to kill the secret society? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I found out Re- uh, Roy Harper goes by Arsenal in this book, uh, which is one of the guys featured in DC so, Universe. Presents. So here's here's the things that folks are going to be thrown off on. So Starfire has in her ship where they live, her crash ship. She has Nightwing costumes. Why? Because they do they use a date and Roy Harper remembers Starfire and us had there was this other team that we were part of the Teen Titans well but they don't call it the Teen Titans there were, it was it was this team okay uh, and Starfire was a member and I was a member and Dick was a member um she doesn't remember Dick yeah she doesn't remember she him she doesn't because she doesn't remember things that are inconsequential and she's forgotten about that team. She's forgotten about Dick. She she knows she's got these costumes, but she really doesn't know that they're Dick Grayson's costumes. What? This sounds stupid. Uh, it, it's a very, very confused. So she comes off as a very dumb redhead who wears no clothing and has sexual relationships with both Jason and with Roy. Um, this, uh... She makes it clear that sex has nothing to do with love. Um, at one point I show, I, I was reading it in bed and I opened up an image of her swimming with basically nothing on and showed it to my wife. And I said, this is the sort of image that would make one sin. Um, it is very, very sexualized. I'm afraid to give it to Colby as a single, a single guy because, yeah. um, you, you never know. Me Colby? No, I called you Col- <laughs> Colby. Cody. Dude, it's been a long time and my, my drink is <laughs> empty. Uh, all right, so I, I give it a four. It's a very interesting concept. It's, it's a nice use of. It sounds stupid, time. and I don't. I wouldn't recommend it because of I, I've heard Starfire being sexualized is one of the biggest complaints of all of the New Fifty Two. Uh, all right, I'm gonna give it a two. Uh, I've never read it though. I just don't want people to read it. Supergirl. Uh, Supergirl was a big surprise for me. Um, basically, uh, it's Kara. She's coming to Earth. 
Um, she's the second Kryptonian saved. Um, she's really got no idea what's going on. Um, at one point, she has a con- I believe this is the one where she has a confrontation with uh, Su- uh, Superboy. Um, we find out I about. Thought she didn't speak English. She, she does not speak English. There's this whole storyline going um, on with this group called the World Killers, which are this super powered group that her father may have built. Oh, and is may- she from Krypton still? Yes, okay. and maybe maybe Supergirl is a World Killer too. Oh no. Uh, I did find myself um, saying as I read this because there's this big, big fight. Why doesn't Superman or the Justice League show up for all these global threats? Yeah. I mean, they're just uh, – where are they? Because um, really Hawkman was the only book where another hero showed up in one of these big brawl oh, catastrophes. I'm excited to talk about Hawkman later. Uh, what did you give Supergirl? I gave it a four out of five. Uh, what did you give Wonder Woman? <sighs> what did you give it? Come it wasn't on. wasn't good. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of the Wonder Woman book. Well, I heard um, that this one is sort of a horror comic version of Wonder it's Woman. It's a very, very horror-driven comic. What do you think about that, Kobe? Would you like to read Wonder Woman as a horror comic? No, it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, so it's done by, is it Brian Azzarello? Yep. And that's kind of the, the twist he wanted to use. Even the art is much different than it, it used to be. Uh, so very different for a superhero book, especially for one of the big three. Yeah, it just doesn't It just doesn't. What would you give it? I gave it a three. Um, All Star Western is the next one. So All Star Western set in Gotham City. Oh, I should say though, about Wonder Woman. That it's like a flat. That is a, a real reboot, right? They, at least they did that. I right? believe so. Okay, All Star Western. All Star Western. Um, Jonah Hex and I can't remember which arc. Batlash. Batlash. Is he in there? Is Batlash? No, Batlash is not in okay. there. Maybe as a backup. Um, Jonah Hex and. Amadeus Arkham kind of solving a mystery in Gotham City. Um, you see some references to owls yep. and the crime Bible, which we saw a lot of the crime Bible pre-New oh, 52. Okay. You have mentions of Mayor Cobblepot, um, lost tribes worship, worshiping bats. So it's very, very much, um, very, very much tied into the Batman universe. Um, but oh, it yeah. also was very, very cliche. Uh, oh, two partners who don't like each other. One's a man of action. One's a man of books. One's, you know, morals are compromised. One's a full of honor. It was very, very cliche-ish. All-Star Western is still going strong, not canceled. And I think it's because it does basically tie into the Batman universe. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, next one. I think my expectations were really high. I gave it a three out of five. And I thought I was going to give it a five out of five. Uh, and I think I've never read this, but I feel like it might also tie into a storyline called Gates of Gotham. Have you read that? Yep, yeah, and I've read that, and it very much could tie into Gates of Gotham very easily. Okay, and that was a pre-New Fifty Two yep. story that fits right, but it, that was by Scott Snyder, I think, maybe. Uh yes. So, uh, or or it was by Higgins. He was either by Higgins or Snyder. Okay. Uh, next one. I think you're gonna love this one. Aquaman. Five. So those of who have been following uh, issues of the day with Mike and Dan. We'll know that I've been trying to figure out, hey, what's my monthly issue that I'm going to read? Yeah. And I was expecting it to definitely be something Marvel as far as the first one that I committed to yeah. 100%. I am 100% committed to Aquaman. I have read every issue. I own every issue of the New 52. Um, I love Aquaman. How did you do it? How did you get them all? eBay. Nice. <laughs> um, so I love Aquaman. I love the take on it. 
Um, I've now read the other storyline, which is a fantastic storyline. But basically, I've read it too. Volume uh, two. Yeah, uh, is that not a brilliant well, story? Yeah, I just want to say thank you to Ben Avery from the Strangers and Aliens podcast. He mailed me his, all of the Justice League and Aquaman books that he had, and I just finished reading them. Sent them back to him last week. So thank you, Ben. So he mailed them to me. And before I handed them to you, I yeah. told you I'm opening your mail yeah, yeah. because I hadn't read all the way up yet. And I, uh, my wife was out with some friends. And at the end of the night, I said, I'm, I read all of the Aquaman issues I hadn't read. And I, at the end of it, I was like, I have to get all of them because the others is just absolutely brilliant. I love Aquaman. I love the take on it. I love yeah. how he's being used. So volume one and two, both great. Uh, so check out Aquaman. We have five minutes to get through 10 more books. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's do this quick. Batman, The Dark Knight. Uh, you know, I don't remember a whole bunch about it right at the moment, but I give it a five. Wow. Okay. I don't know anything about this uh, one. Let's see. Uh, review. It's Batman. How can you go wrong? The plot of it very much feels like a version of Nightfall with Arkham escapees running around and Batman taking them on one by one. Story confirms that Nightfall happened. Um, also includes a standalone on the backstory of the talents. Oh, well, that's kind of interesting. Um so of the Batman books, you would think this is second to Scott Snyder's Batman? It would be second to Scott Snyder's Batman. Again, Scott, Scott, if you put the name Scott Snyder on it or Kyle Higgins right now and release it in, in DC, it's going to be a winner. Uh, here is an order of quality I found that I think is pretty much agreed upon except for what you just said. Uh, it looks like Batman is kind of the best Batman book. A lot of people are liking that Detective Comics at number two, Batman Dark Knight number three, and then Batman and Robin four. I don't know. Is that people don't like Damian Wayne? Yeah. All right. Uh, next book you said so that was a five. Next book, Blackhawks, which is sort of DC Universe's GI Joes. Yeah. Uh, hey, I did not rate this. Shall we rate it together, kids? Yeah. Let's. Why not? What? Let's what? What did you feel? A, see, the problem is you can't give it a two and a half. No, it's all uh, three. Round I'll up. give it a three. Okay. It's okay. I can see why it got canceled with no um, with no stars in the book and not even a Batman cameo in the whole thing. It really is GI Joes fighting against superheroes. Canceled during the second wave. Yeah, Sorry. Uh, Blackhawks really are a secondary character that should be used in other books but shouldn't have their own. Okay, The Flash. Now, I didn't tell you. I, I was supposed to be telling you all along. I've read Justice League Volumes 1 and 2. I've read Aquaman Volumes 1 and 2. I've read Batman Volume 1. And I've read Flash Volume 1. So I gave this a 4 out of 5. I'm going to go really fast on this. I haven't put any notes Makes on here sense. because I don't want any. <laughs> it doesn't make good COVID. <laughs> Nice. Uh, oh, uh, four to five. I've got no notes here in Goodreads because a lot of what I have to say about uh, this will probably do in a future superhero yes, spotlight. We have the next individual character is going to be the Flash. I, I will say I really like the ba- uh, Basculus, uh villain, and I like the concept. Um, I can't remember what his other name is. Uh, is it the Collective? You know what? I don't remember that. So sorry. Uh, but I really liked. I really liked uh, the villain. Uh, there's some issues that I have with. Um, with his relationships and how I'm not happy with where it's gone hmm. uh, oh, with, with Iris. Iris yeah. I don't like what they've done with Iris. I'm very confused about where Wally is. Oh, that's well, that's part of the mystery. So the flash that we have in the new 52, this is important. Thank you for bringing that up. Barry Allen. Wally West is non-existent in the new 52. And I think that he'll be the trapdoor character to get us back to the old universe if they ever want to. Yeah. And it's possible. Big. Uh, and, and, and of course we do have Bart Allen. In, yeah, Kid in, Flash in this universe, and uh, he's not. <laughs> who's Grandma? Because at the moment, it's not she, Iris. She's, oh, interesting. All right, uh, Fury of Firestorm looks kind of lame. It was canceled during the fifth wave. What did you think? Um, I thought it was all right. I like the concept. There's multiple Firestorms running around. 
Oh, actually, I gave it a four out of five. Okay. Um, there's a, there's more than one firestorm. Um, I think the thing that confused me most is at the beginning, um, the two main characters would become separate firestorms, mm-hmm. and then they would combine as a, a firestorm named Fury that was kind of a mindless sort of firestorm. Like a Hulk firestorm? I like a Hulk firestorm, no real control over it. They had, At least at the end of this volume, they hadn't learned how to control it. But basically, you get this idea that different nations are picking up firestorm protocols and creating their own firestorm. Oh. So there's an English firestorm, a French firestorm. That, I do kind of like when, like we were talking with Hawk and Dove, I like when when there's doubles of a character we know, even like with the lanterns, like we're, the next book we're going to go to is Green Lantern. I, I, I know that with Superman, there was discussion about the, the use of uh, define uh, violating God's name. Um, oh, that that was not uh, that there, got proven. There, there that, is a G, disproven. There is a GG in the Fury of Firestorm that's in place in such of a place, uh, such a spot where you think it's a good God. Yeah, but uh, if it was good God, just write out good God. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one we're going to go to is Green Lantern New Guardians, which is sort of a super team of all the different Ooh. rings spectrum. So we've got mm. Indigo, Orange. Mm. I don't think Yellow. Probably Red. Uh, mm. Stars mm. or Star Sapphire. Okay, go ahead. What did you think? I like the concept. I'm not a big fan of Kyle Rammer. Okay. What did you give it? I give it a three. Uh, I, Vampire. This is Vampires and Superheroes in the same universe. Go. The worst thing. I oh, canceled. Ever. Du- just just spoiler. Canceled during the fifth wave. Go. Uh, it should be moved to Vertigo. Okay. What did you give it? Uh, I'm trying to find it real quick. I, I like I like the main character. I liked kind of the them building a backstory. It's a story you could start from the beginning. Um, I thought it was fairly interesting. Uh, again, it didn't really feel like DC. It felt like Vertigo. I think I gave it a four out of five. All right. Uh, speaking of feeling like Vertigo, this is kind of weird. It's like Vertigo, DC, meet in Justice League Dark. It's a superhero team that basically fights magic in areas that the Justice League can't. So we've got... Dead man. We've got John Constantine. We've got Zantana. We've got. Um, so I don't like the fact that uh, I don't like the fact that this is labeled Justice League Dark because it's not Justice League. Mm-hmm. They're not enough. I think if you're going to call something Justice League, it should be more than I'm trying to sell copies by calling it Justice League. Well, that's I, what they do with the Avengers. They have a million Avengers. I think they, I think it should be a <laughs> sanctioned Justice League team. It's not. Um, but hey, you know, as, as I said, Batman is too important to send into a magical situation. They almost say that at one point. Really? There's certain missions you can't send Batman to because he's uh, just too important. We can't risk. You know, they might be making a movie of Justice League Dark yeah, right now. I wouldn't. Guillermo I, del Toro is working on it. I would rent it. Did you like the character Shade the Changing Man? I'm not a huge fan of Shade the Changing Man. Uh, this is another one where I'm not a huge fan of Dead Man at all. What'd you give him? Uh, John Constantine's kind of falls short for me. I give it a two. Uh, the Savage Hawkman, which I've heard nothing but bad about. And you should only hear nothing but bad. Uh, it's very confusing um, because, again, it, it's building on events that occurred before the New 52. Um, you need some of that history. Um, you kind of get – you can't. he's unlikable as a character. Um, he's fighting against being Hawkman, but at the same time, he needs to be Hawkman. Um Carter Hall really doesn't even know that his name is Carter Hall. Hole. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't know his own backstory. Is he Thanagarian in this or not? Yeah, he doesn't really know. He he's not really aware of that. Okay, uh, what would um, you give it? One. I give it a two. Two. Uh, it got canceled during the fifth wave, it, but it, I think it should have been canceled earlier based on what be. I heard. Two, three left. Okay, well, let's do this. Superman. Uh, this now is set in the current time period. Correct. So, I believe so. Action Comics was passed. This is current. What did you give it? So this is George Perez's book. This is one of the most 
dense word-wise books I've ever seen. This is like word. There's probably more words than there are images in this book. Mm. It probably took me. F- so usually these these trades, I can usually read them pretty quickly, like yeah. on a train or a bus. Uh, uh, this took me days to read because it it is it is packed. So I just gave you Crisis on Infinite Earth to read. I know that's George and, Perez. And it's it's packed. Um, What'd you give it, Superman? I give it a three out of five. It, it's good. It's good, but it's it's a lot of work to get through. Back in the eighties, Teen Titans was like the flagship book of DC. Surprisingly, nowadays it's not as highly regarded. I guess they have the cartoon Teen Titans Go coming out. But what did you think of this book? Teen Would Titans? you like to take a, take a guess? I think you give it a three. I give it a five. Wow. Who's who are the characters in this? So the, the big guy is Tim Drake. Um, Tim Drake, who I love, Red Ro- is he Red Robin? He's Red Robin. I love Red Robin, and he is setting up the Teen Titans, and it and it kind of comes off as the Teen Titans are a completely new group. Um, there's never really been a Teen Titans before until Tim Drake has put them together. Mm-hmm. So all that the Dick Grayson Teen Titans, it almost he never really makes mention to them. Um, there's some really really interesting characters in here. Um, in the fact you've got like Danny the street, which is really kind of he's he's literally a street, but he, he can what? teleports them around. He and, is wait, he he is a street. He's a street. That is stupid, Daniel. Well, but I mean, if you are having <laughs> an emergency, really it's it's it works. It's a very very different meta human to have in a DC universe, but it, it, it he doesn't works. have a humanoid form. No, he's a street. <laughs> That's so stupid. He's, he's he's Danny the street. All right. Um, well, so I, I, we we do have a homosexual character on the Teen Titans, okay. and I think it's handled very very well here. What's his or her name? Um, I can't remember who he is. There is. a Wonder Girl? Wonder Girl is in it. What's her name? What's her real uh, name? It's not. It's Cassie. Because remember, how there was a not Diana. What's the other one that was around for a long? Cassie. Time? No, 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 no. Oh, look, you keep talking. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you definitely feel some tension, uh, so, uh, romantic tension between Tim and. Um, as I call her, not Wonder Girl, because she's fighting against that Wonder Girl image. It makes it clear. she's. You get the sense she's not an Amazonian. She kind of stole the items that she has um, that make her Wonder Girl. Um, uh, Donna Troy, she has been noticeably absent from the New 52. Okay. And she was Wonder Girl, so I don't know who this is. This, this is, is Cassie. Cassie. Cassie, what's her last name? I can't remember off the top. I think it's the Wonder Girl that's in... Uh, Cassie Sandsmark? Yeah, I think she's the one who's in Young Justice. Okay. Um, but uh, so one of the so I last year I also read Nightfall, and one of one of my critiques of Nightfall is Tim Drake was completely and utterly useless in Nightfall. Mm-hmm. He was a horrible character. He didn't really add a lot to the story. He was kind of useless. Um, this is a Tim Drake who's very much a leader. He's very decisive. He you can tell that this Tim Drake has been trained by Batman. This is what I think we should do. We have one title left. And then let's take a break, go to this movie, and then let's do a conclusion when we get back. Yeah. Because the conclusion won't take as long. I just want to talk through what the different waves are. So just to give you a heads up, we're going to go to Voodoo. So um, Voodoo. Voodoo, great potential. Um, She's an alien. Uh, Alien stripper. Yeah. Hello. Uh, that doesn't. I would never want to read this. This is it's a character from Wildstorm Comics again that they brought over. She got canceled. Her story got canceled during the third wave. The whole first volume takes place in a strip club, right? Yeah, I believe so. Well, no, when you say first volume, no, not the whole first volume, maybe the first issue. We could never recommend this. Uh, I called it, I give it a three. I called it a fun action romp. Actually, I can wrap up this real quick. (laughs) I'm going to wrap this up. 
Okay. I'm going to do it fast. So here's my conclusions Wait. after reading 50 some Wait, I have some stuff I want to say. So Well, we can get to that later. Okay. But I want to get I want to get these thoughts out because after the movie's done, I may have to go. Oh, you're not going to be here for the conclusion? I may not be able to because I've got a swarm game tonight. Okay. So uh, here's my conclusions. Uh, this is Batman's universe. They they okay. pull on Batman constantly. If they need somebody to fill in, it's Batman. The best okay. volumes are Batman. I'm very, very confused about the Batman timeline because at one point they make it – they're telling you it's five years. Mm-hmm. In Nightwing, they show you a picture of Dick as he's joined and he seems to be like maybe 10. But this Dick Grayson mm-hmm. in Nightwing has got to be at least 20. And so if the Batman continuity is one year with Grayson, one year with Drake – one year, you know, one year yeah. with Jason, one year with him being gone and Dick Grayson being Batman, and then maybe one year with him and Damon. It doesn't work out. Yeah, it doesn't work out. It does. The math doesn't work out. Um, so yeah. this is Batman's universe. This is a non-reboot reboot. There's tons of things in here that have been rebooted properly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it that has not done well. Uh, all right. I, I still I'll need you I'll need some more thoughts from you later. We can either do it by Skype or in person. So for now, I'm just gonna do this little sound effect to uh take a break. Okay, we're back from the movie. Guys, but <laughs> don't let's not talk about it yet. It'll be on a different episode. Uh so let's wrap up this new fifty two talk. Daniel, you did an excellent job really covering all the issues. I can't tell you how thankful we are here at the Sci-Fi Christian for your hard work. So thank you. I read, I counted 54 comic books in order to do uh, trades, 54 trades in order to do that. Can I quickly tell you each of the new waves of what's what's coming up ahead for, I mean, well, here, let me just get to it. Second wave, we saw Batman Incorporated, Earth 2, World's Finest, which is a Power Girl Huntress uh, team up, and they are from earth 2 okay and i'm excited about earth 2 yeah uh the ravengers which is a teen titan superboy spinoff i don't know who the ravengers are um i wonder Encore. if those are related to deathstroke well it was canceled after the fifth wave so Ooh. uh gi combat which i think took probably men of war's place but it got canceled during the fourth wave dial h which is a, a comic about a guy who has a magic phone that when he dials it he dials up certain superheroes but he becomes this like he gains the power of that hero so that was the second wave what would be your favorite out of that kobe oh um probably dial h yeah that's just it's a different creative idea okay sounds kind of interesting third wave daniel had talon uh which is of course the batman spinoff uh sword of sorcery which features amethyst the princess of gem world (laughs) and that got canceled during the fifth wave Ah, uh, the Phantom Stranger, which we'll come back to him because of the upcoming Trinity War. Are you familiar with the Trinity? Nope. War? Oh, okay, I'll tell you about that. Team Seven, which got canceled during the fifth wave. This was set in the well, er- Team Seven already got canceled. Yeah, it got it was set in the early New Fifty Two universe. The team was built, looks like, by the government to be countermeasures against Superman and those like him. I know Grifter was in that group. Uh, fourth wave saw Constantine, uh, Justice League of America, which you've read. And then listen to this. The full title of this uh, uh, comic starring Vibe is Justice League of America's Vibe. You like Vibe from Justice League of America? Um, I've listened to uh, the Fire and uh, Water podcast. and They do a really, really good job of breaking down Vibe. I heard he's really important, possibly. Possibly. Well, he it, may be the link to the old universe. Yeah, I've vib- heard that. Because, vibrates yep. like Flash. 
Oh, I forgot to say that uh, Justice League of America was the best-selling DC book in recent history. Which I mean, so what they did with that is they came up. I think it was fifty-one different covers. Um, so it was a big event sort of thing. I can the content of that story is really, really bland. Uh, also, after Vibe, we had Katana, who's in Justice League of America as well, and Threshold. Now, this is interesting. It's an anthology book, but it's a DC uh, cosmic universe anthology. So. One of the stories was about Lorfleas from the Orange Lanterns, and I don't know what the other one was about. Maybe I can't remember. And finally, Fifth Wave. Some of these haven't even come out yet. The Green Team and The Movement. These are two separate comics. <laughs> yeah, The Movement and The Green Team. These are both, uh, like I said earlier, politically charged. Uh, Sometimes when yeah, I, yeah, I had okay. some green stuff, I have a movement. So anyways, uh, here's, here's what it says about The Green Team. Teens who use their financial researches to purchase power in the DC universe, including super superpowers, along with the companion title, The Movement, it will look at the issues raised by the Occupy movement through the lens of the DC universe. I think they're a little behind. Okay. The Movement, uh, here's uh, more about that. Uh, how does someone feel when the world is full of superheroes, but all the problems of the world still exist? Isn't that normally what happens? In the I don't know. Okay. So, uh, Laura Flea's Orange Lantern gets his own book in the fifth wave. Batman and Superman have their team-up book coming back. Uh, Which we, uh, Mike and I do plan to review that for uh, issues of the day. Oh, good. And uh, there's one called Superman Unchained. Spoilers. Un- Ooh. Superman Unchained. Spoilers. We think we're going to do that one, too. Okay. Oh, really? Superman Unchained? Yeah. That one's coming out in June, like right around the movie time. And then, this is the last one we have to talk about briefly, Trinity of Sin pandora do you know who pandora is nope oh my gosh daniel i can i just tell you a bunch of stuff sure in every single first issue a mysterious hooded woman appeared did you ever hear about her she was in the background in every single first issue of the new 52 she appeared and people were speculating on who she was at first they were calling her the auntie monitor you know who the yep. anti okay um so we found out in free comic book day that her name was pandora and she's part of what's called the trinity of sin and this trinity of sin is Pandora, the Phantom Stranger, and the Question. Oh, the Question! Yeah, he's coming back. I love the and Question. And so these are all supernatural figures. Uh, Pandora is, you know, uh, as her name suggests, she opened a box that unleashed some sort of uh, badness in the world. So she's kind of a bad guy, but not on purpose. So she is gaining her own title. And the big, huge event for DC this year, I think it's coming out later this year, is going to be called the Trinity War. And it is a, surrounds around Pandora. So she's getting her own title here in the fifth wave. So uh, the, she's a very important character. And if you haven't read that Free Comic Book Day short story, pretty pretty good. Free Comic Book Day hasn't happened yet. No, last May. Oh. They, they, okay. they showed scenes from the Trinity War in that they flashed forward. And we don't know how we're going to get to that, which included a battle between, dang, it was three teams, uh, Justice League, Justice League of America, and... Some of, before Justice League of America came out, they showed us already who was going to be on the team. So, anyways, there's some huge things coming up in the new 52. So, Daniel, with all that being said, hugging the microphone, was this initiative successful? Yes. And why? Well, so here's where I've thought thought about this. I am not a DC guy. I'm a Marvel guy. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the issues of the Amen. day that uh, Mike and I have done, mm-hmm. um, if it's been from the big two up until now, everything we've done is from DC. Um, and when you look at the fact that I hadn't bought single issues for 15, mm-hmm. 20 years, the fact that the first one I committed to was Aquaman, yeah. I think it says a lot. Um, and there has, you know, it, 
if you get committed to something and you like it a lot, it can be a little painful in this because they they cancel these things like crazy. Mm-hmm. But for those things that make it through, it's like the cream just rising up. Wow. Uh, so as a first-time reader of many of these titles, did you feel like you could follow the new storylines or – where, where do you lie on that spectrum? It, it, again, it's a mix because it's a non-reboot reboot because a lot of these, since they can't use background information that I haven't read, didn't do – didn't put me into it. So like the Legion of Superheroes, I hate it, hate it, hate it mm-hmm. to quote the man because <laughs> uh, I just have no idea what's going on. Um, question for both of you guys. Marvel has had a continuous continuity. Well, we, they've had – tweaks uh, but they've built it into the story so like they reset spider-man not being married anymore but they built that as, into like something magic happened in, in the world so they've had but they've really had a non-stop continuity that's never been rebooted or disrupted whereas dc has had multiple events where they retell characters origins different things are are present in their storylines that weren't there before so which method this is for both of you which method do you like better marvel's method of continued continuity or dc's method of Continue reboots to keep uh, up to date and modern and fresh. Daniel, you go first. You know, I want to say that I prefer the Marvel method just because of the fact that when you know something you read as a kid is still in place now. Um, but again, yeah. I, I'm picking up some of these Marvel Now comics, and they're just not. They've got the accessible. Bag- they're 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 accessible, but they've got this baggage to them where they're not necessarily being as bold as you might like them to be. Um, where really in New 52, they have taken some bold steps. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard an interview recently where they suggested that maybe comic book companies needed to have a New 52 every year because it needed to be about stories, not about um, not every history. Year. Maybe every 10 years. Well, no, they were. he was suggesting every year. That way you could give a book to an author for a whole year and say, hey, just write stories. Uh-huh. Um, now I probably wouldn't go that far, but I do think that the new 52 overall has been good for DC. Colby. I'm going to go with Marvel's idea of continuity. I think it's so much easier to follow. You don't have a new story every year if that's how they're going to do it. Um, and I like, I like the history aspect of the comics too. I mean, you got the whole background of the story still continuing even now which mm-hmm. i think is a lot better see i think where they've been very very different is so like with aquaman getting rebooted i think that we've been able to see with jeff johns a new take on aquaman in many ways and when we talk about superman i mean he's definitely a new take now but like uh, i've been reading savage wolverine and the thing is is it's nice because i know what to expect because wolverine is wolverine mm-hmm. but it's not like with savage wolverine any new ground is being broken mm-hmm. it's just a Wolverine adventure story. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's not a that's not a problem with the continuity. That's got to be a problem with the creative. Well, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just it doesn't feel like when I get a new issue of Aquaman, it's like I something is going to happen. Yeah, I think something important is going to happen here because there's only been 18 issues. I think with the continuity aspect, I think you can get lazy. I think they don't have to be as creative. Yep. If you're starting over all the time. I think about two years ago, uh, Ben and I uh, did an episode on comics continuity. I think I'll re release that as Who's a time loop. Yeah, as a time loop episode. But when on that episode, I said I was firmly behind Marvel's method of continued continuity. But now that, yeah, I, I it would be tough to jump into Marvel, a lot of Marvel books for me right now. And so 
Like, I, I do kind of like the idea that there isn't so, – like if you just look at the X-Men universe, for example, so much has happened and it's hard for people to really know what's going on if you don't know those characters well. I mean mm-hmm. some are easier to jump into, but uh, I, I'm this, this DC method is growing on me, this way of kind of starting over, starting fresh, changing characters. I would maybe – and that's why you know when the Ultimate Universe first came out, the Ultimate Comics, they uh, – a lot of people thought that eventually they were going to phase out Marvel 616 and just change over to the Ultimate Universe. Did you know about that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And we'll do an episode on that in the future. But, uh, Daniel, I know you had some closing Well, and, and I will say, so in 616 right at the moment, see, Kobe may not know this, um, Nick Fury is African-American. No, really? no, no, he's not. There's a son of Nick Fury. Oh, that's right. His Nick Fury Jr. So, again, they could have potentially, because obviously they want Nick Fury to be African-American in the Marvel the, 616. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they could have rebooted it in the sense of, hey, let's do a true reboot and redo Nick Fury's origin altogether. Yeah. Marvel just found a different way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it may be a little convoluted at times, but. I know that we had talked about this episode. I think you had some closing things you want to hit, right? Oh wait, what about my question about God? Oh yeah. Well, I, again, this is this is Batman's universe. It's clear that DC is making money off Batman because Batman's everywhere. I mentioned that earlier. Um, it's clearly been successful. I can't remember what the other one I brought up was before we left. I think it was more successful at first, and I think it's becoming. I think people are starting to realize it's just more of the same. It wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be, um, but. I mean, let's let's talk about the sci-fi Christian aspect of this. Let's talk about God. And so I want to ask you That'd guys. That would be a great idea. Yeah. I want to ask you guys, do you think God would ever reboot our universe? Really? <laughs> stretch. Is it a stretch? The, uh, well, from the topic to now, yeah. What is, I don't think. Okay. What about the new new heaven and new earth? Well, I, you think that's I, a reboot? So I'm looking here. No. I'm looking here. And, and it and it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no reboot. more sea. And I saw John and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Doesn't that sound like the new 52? Oh my god! Wow. What about this? What if uh, you, here's a universalism? He's he's aghast. I know. What about here's a good copy? Listen to this: a universalism theory. What if God lets us keep on reliving our lives over and over until we choose Him? Well, well, <laughs> nope. <laughs> How do you know, Kobe? Because our lives are full of sin. That wouldn't work too well. Well, uh, I think we can close it out here, guys. Good talk on the new fifty two again. Way to include God for three minutes. I appreciate it. <laughs> again, Daniel, way to go. Yeah, that was, I'm exhausted. That was impressive, though. Let's do this again uh, in 18 ma- months. Major props. Are you going to do months. all volume twos? No. No, actually, I have moved on, and I've begun to make a list for Marvel Now. Marvel Now? We're going to... Uh, oh, my gosh. So This is going to be crazy. And that'll probably take me another 12 months, just like it did oh with Oh, my new gosh. 52. Well, if you guys have any questions about uh, comics or the new 52... Call us at 612-4121-SFC. You can also write us at feedback at the sci-fi-christian.com. If you have any ideas for what we could do on future superhero spotlights, let us know. And for all for now, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson. I'm Daniel Butcher. I'm Kobe Radcliffe. And we are the Sci-Fi Christians. Signing off. Signing off. You know what's funny? What? 
before I started all these trays for New 52, I used to actually read real, real books. I know. What are you going to do now? Are you going to go back to real books? I don't know if I can read them anymore. <laughs> Too I many like words. To read books. Too many words. All right, let's do the next episode. Here we go.